All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. We are live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow. Depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. There I am. There's no good look. Right? Put my glasses on to not read anything. It's Friday night, right? Share this out, share this out, share this out. What does that mean? Friday night, Friday night, Friday night. That means the law of one, and we're almost to the end of it. We're on session 104. you believe that? 104 out of 106 sessions. And that's where we are. That is insane. Say hello, right? Say shout out in the in the chat there. Say hello so I know who's here and when and where you're from, right? And share this out. Share this out. Share this out. Right? We got to share this out. We're coming to the end of the law of one. We're going to get right into it here, right? Um, hold on. Sorry, I'm on the wrong thing over here. <laughs> Computer trying to run two computers again, right? Get everything going. So yeah, Friday night, law of one. We're almost down to it at 106 sessions. We're on 104. Question three, that's just crazy, right? Tony, welcome. It's just past midnight here, he says. All right, let me put it up on the screen so you guys can see it. Tony says, just past midnight and midnight here. I'm going to bed, but it looks like the attention is, is taken now, right? So, so you know, I guess if you're going to go to bed, that's fine. Just to, You can always come back and watch it another time, right? <laughs> like my attention, right? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Debbie says, hi, everyone. Right? Hello, right? Everybody share this out, share this out, share this out. So we're almost to the end of it, right? If you guys are just brand new hearing about this or you just tuned in to me and you're going, what are you talking about? First of all, it's in the description. So you can see it there. Uh, even those of you who are on the MP3 broadcast, you can see it in the description there. We've been, and I was going to look and I didn't have time. I ran out of time because I ended up on the phone call with my sister. Uh, so I didn't have enough time. But I know that uh, the birthday for the anniversary for Orion Rising is this month. And I think it's like today or tomorrow. Uh, what is today? Today is the 11th. I believe today is the is the anniversary and i haven't been paying attention last year i did a, a big uh, you know party for it and, and so we're on year five either way we're on year five now of this show right and i hosted other shows before i did my own show so happy birthday to orion rising this is uh, within a couple of days i believe it was the 10th or the 11th but don't quote me i'll have to look up my own shit, right i was going to do that on youtube and see when the very first broadcast was and i just ran out of time so i'm going to call it i'm going to say between now and next week on Friday, it's the birthday, guaranteed, because it is, I think it was between the 7th and the 14th of the month. I just didn't have time to look it up, so I apologize for that, because normally I you know, have a big work to do for all that. But hey, we're trying to do the Law of One anyways. We're trying to get through the 106 sessions. I never thought that there would be enough content to continue while I was reading the, the books. You know, I thought, there's, yeah, they're going to run out of stuff to talk about. They never did. They never did. And there's stuff that I'm still uh, even going through it the second time. Uh, doing this show, I'm finding, thank you, thank you, Tony. Tony said happy birthday, Ryan Rising. Uh, put it up on the screen so you guys who have who are watching this in the MP4 broadcast, you can see that on your screen. Those of you who are on the MP3 file, you don't have a screen because it's just audio. So Tony Jackson says, oh, ooh, happy birthday, Ryan Rising. And then he puts some symbols there, like the pie symbol for one. What's the, the two? It looks like the pie. It is a pie symbol. Yeah. So yeah, guys, this is uh, this is kind of a big thing. Law of one, I don't know how far we're going to get through it today, but I'm going to try. I'm going to not talk for 10, 15 minutes like I normally do. We'll only talk for the short, what, five minutes that I have. And we're going to go ahead and jump right into the law of one, see how far we can get this week and see, you know, when, when we're going to be um, ending that and starting the new uh, um, broadcast that I'm going to do on Friday nights, which uh, for, for until that's done, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. I think I'll call it uh, what the book was, which was a, uh, 
uh, interview with uh, Alien, or, or I think they called it that. I'll find out what that is, and then I'll, I'll call that. For those of you who are wondering what that is, uh, there was a, um, a nurse. This goes back to 1947 during Roswell. Okay, part of the cover-up on Roswell was to uh, was to um, um, defame this woman and uh, and um, you know tarnish her credibility. She was a nurse that worked at the hospital on the military base uh, in Roswell. Okay, and when they brought in the aliens that were not on this crash, that were not UFOs, and that were not aliens. Um, she had tested higher for an empath than anyone else. And um, so they brought her along uh, because she did test high as an empath. They brought her along uh, into the emergency room where they're working on this alien, which turned out to be a female who was a captain of the ship that crashed. And um, she would only speak to, telepathically, mind you, she would only speak to this nurse. And there's a reason for that, but you don't get to find that out until we get farther into the book. So somebody has put the book to word to speak. So I think somebody actually read it because it doesn't sound like a computer. So somebody actually read the book and recorded the entire thing. And I don't know if it's the guy in the very beginning. It looks like a couple of things are patched together, but I'm going to play you the video that I got from Mandy Wilson from uh, Ancient Aliens Worldwide. And um, I had researched this most of my life because this goes back before, obviously way before I was born. And um, so we've always heard about it. And they discredited her the same way. I end up talking more, aren't I? They discredited her in the same way they did Bob Lazar in the 80s, right? They, they said that person never worked for us. She's crazy, blah, 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 blah. All the same uh, uh, rhetoric and talking points that they do that the government does for anybody who they just discredit that person who never worked here before. We've never heard of them. They didn't even go to the schools, they claim. And they just erase you from existence and say that you're a nutball. That's what they did with, with Bob Lazar. And then come forward 40 years in time and they discovered the particle that he claimed that aliens gave us and they didn't even change the name, which means he was either the luckiest man on the face of the earth in the history of time, which means he should play the lottery every single uh, time uh, because he was able to predict the very next element on the periodic table of elements that the world was going to discover 40 years before they discovered it and even knew the name of it, what they were going to name it. Okay. So we now know in 2012 that that particle existed or exists. Um, they still don't claim that it was given to them by aliens. They claim they discovered it on their own and crazy enough, crazy Bob Lazar must have been not so crazy after all. Right. <laughs> right. So Denise, welcome. Right. So guys, share this out, share this out. Christy, welcome. Uh, share this out, share this out. Friday night, Law of the One. So that's what we're going to be getting into is this interview. I have a lot, you'll see a lot of declassified, uh, some still redacted uh, information that was put together in this book, I believe by the woman. And then she delivered it to somebody uh, and they took it and ran with it. And I, I believe I read this when I was in a, you know, late teens, early 20s, because when I read it again, uh, actually, when I listened to it, because it's a, you know, the speaking and it has visuals. Um, this time I didn't actually have the book in front of me like I did with the law of one. So I'm going to get into that. It was four hours long. I have no idea how, how long it'll take us to get through it, but I have a lot to say about it. Okay. And, and I'll, and I'll explain as we go, what I have to say about what's going on. And then I may even jump into after that, doing some more of Oli uh, from the from from the Czech Republic, the girls of the Czech Republic. I still have a ton of stuff they've been feeding me on Oli. I just didn't categorizing it and haven't been cataloging it and categorizing it. And I haven't actually or cataloging it. 
and I haven't actually um, did anything for like a year or more. So I'll be getting uh, some more of that, and then I'm going to be looking into other channeled uh, entities from uh, the LL Research group because I know that they did a bunch and other stuff. So Friday night is going to be just guaranteed to still be alien uh, uh, channeling uh, you know, information from the cosmos, just going to be different people doing it. Uh, I kind of like that theme for Friday. Some people like to do, uh, Reese, welcome. Welcome, Reese. Uh, uh, like I said, share this out, guys, share this out. Uh, so I like that theme of not quite paranormal, but not mainstream, you know, UFOs, but people channeling people from either another dimension, another time, another place, whatever. And a lot of folks talk about how all that is, just like the CIA or somebody that works for the government that's just feeding you information. And then we get into details about that too uh, when I do that. So that'll be the first episode of that once we get through the law of one. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the law of one, right? So let me go over here and uh, share my screen. Wait, hold on. Yeah, here we go. And let me go over here to the law of one and share this with you guys. And then check, because I'm not in the studio here. Let me go back to the studio real quick and see what you see, right? Let me punch that up full screen. And then I'll go full screen again in there, so it'll be up uh, better on your uh, on your screen for you guys to see that, okay? And you'll be able to read along with it unless you're on a phone and you don't turn it sideways, right? Smaller the, the device, the less you're going to be able to see here. All right, so I'm going to start at 103. I think we were at 104. But 103 pertains, so I'm going to go ahead and start there. So let me pull this up to full screen, and we'll just go ahead and start at it. And like I said, share this out, share this out, share this out. I am monitoring the chat, so if you guys have questions, please put them in the chat. I will stop. This is live. You get Those of you who know that, I will stop and answer questions as we go. Question 104.3. Questioner, the instrument has determined that the unwise use of her will is its use without the joy and faith components and constitutes martyrdom. Would Ra comment on that, please? Answer, I am Ra. We are pleased that the entity has pondered that which has been given. We would comment as follows. It is salubrious for the instrument to have knowledge which is less distorted towards martyrdom and which is rich in promise. The entity which is strong to think shall either be strong to act or that which it has shall be removed. Thus manifestation of knowledge is an area to be examined by the instrument. We would further note that balancing which, in this entity's case, is best accomplished in analysis and manifestation seated with the contemplation of silence may be strengthened by manifested silence and lack of routine activity. We may go no further than this recommendation of regularized leisure and desire that the entity discover the fundamental truths of these distortions as it will. Question 104.4 Questioner, is there anything further that we can do to help the instrument's stomach and back spasming problem? Answer, I am Ra. The greatest aid is already being given to the fullest. The encouragement of the instrument to refrain from the oil-fried nature of foodstuffs in its intake is helpful. Cheerful harmony is helpful. The spasms must subside as a function of the entity's indigo ray work and, to some extent, the recommendations made in response to a previous query. The definitive refraining from overstepping the already swollen boundaries of physical limitation is recommended. The infection remains and the symptoms are now far less medicable, the entity having chosen the catalyst. Question 104.5 Questioner 
Can you tell us what is wrong with our cat's Gandalf's eyes? Answer, I am Ra. The one known as Gandalf nears the end of its incarnation. Its eye dims and the aqueous membrane becomes tough. This is not a comfortable circumstance, but is one which causes the entity no true discomfort. Question 104.6 Questioner, is there anything that we can do to alleviate this situation? Answer, I am Ra. There is a course of therapy which will aid the situation. However, we do not recommend it as the condition is more benign than the treatment. Question 104.7 Questioner, I don't understand. Could you explain what you meant? Answer, I am Ra. A doctor of the allopathic tradition would give you the drops for the eyes. The cat would find the experience of being confined while the drops were given more distorted than the discomfort it now feels but is able to largely ignore. Question 104.8 Questioner, can the cat see at all? Answer, I am Ra. Yeah, welcome, Julie. I know, poor kitty, right? I love the name, Gandalf. Right? It's great. Yes. Question 104.9. Questioner, does it seem that the cat will lose all of its vision in the very near future, or is the cat very near death? Answer, I am Ra. The one known as Gandalf will not lose eyesight or life on most possibility probability vortices for three of your seasons, approximately. Question 104.10. Questioner. I feel very bad about the condition of the cat and really would like to help it. Can Ra suggest anything that we can do to help out Gandalf? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 104.11. Questioner, what would that be? Answer, I am Ra. Firstly, we would suggest that possibility-probability vortices include those in which the entity known as Gandalf is a lengthier incarnation. Secondly, we would suggest that this entity goes to a graduation if it desires. Otherwise, it may choose to reincarnate to be with those companions it has loved. Thirdly, the entity known to you as Betty has the means of making the entity more distorted towards comfort-discomfort. Question 104.12 Questioner, could you tell me who you mean by Betty? I'm not sure that I know who you mean by Betty. And what Betty would do? Answer, I am Ra. The one known as Carla has this information. Question 104.13. Questioner, I'm concerned about the possibility of moving. If we did move it would make it very difficult for Gandalf to find his way around the new place if he can't see. Does he see enough to be able to find his way around the new environment? Answer, I am Ra. The vision is less than adequate but is nearly accommodated by our keen sense of smell and of hearing. The companions and the furnishings being familiar, a new milieu would be reasonably expected to be satisfactorily acceptable within a short period of your space-time. Question 104.14 Questioner, could we administer the drops that you spoke of that would help his eyesight so that he wouldn't be confined? Is there any way that we could do that? Answer, I am Ra. It is unlikely. Question 104.15 Questioner, there's nothing that we can do. Is there any other possibility of using any techniques to help his eyesight? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 104.16 Questioner, is this loss of eyesight? What is the metaphysical reason for the loss of eyesight? What brought it about? 
Answer, I am Ra. In this case the metaphysical component is tiny. This is the condign catalyst of old age. Question 104.17. Questioner, with the drops that you spoke of that would aid the eyesight, how much would they aid the eyesight if they were administered? Answer, I am Ra. Over a period of applications the eyesight would improve somewhat, perhaps 20, perhaps 30%. The eye region would feel less tight. Balanced against this is rapidly increasing stiffness of motion so that the holding in a still position is necessarily quite uncomfortable. Question 104.18 Questioner, then Ra thinks that the benefit derived from these drops would not be worth the cat's discomfort. This would probably, is there any way that the cat could be given anesthetic and the drops put into the eyes so that the cat was not aware of them? Answer, I am Ra. The harm done by putting the allopathic anesthetic into the body complex of this harvestable entity far overshadows the stillness accruing therefrom which would allow administration of medicaments. Question 104.19 Questioner, I'm sorry to belabor this subject so much but I was really hoping to come up with something to help Gandalf. I assume then that Ra has suggested that we leave things as they are. How many applications of drops would be necessary to get some help for the eyes, roughly? Ra, approximately 40 to 60. Question 104.20. Questioner, each day, or something like that. Answer, I am Ra. Please expel breath over this instrument's breast. This was done as directed. Question 104.21. Questioner, is that satisfactory? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 104.22. Questioner, I had asked if the drops should be administered once per diurnal period. Is that correct? Answer, I am Ra. This depends upon the allopathic physician from whom you receive them. Question 104.23. Questioner, what is the name of the drops? Answer, I am Ra. We have a difficulty. Therefore, we shall refrain from answering this query. Question 104.24 Questioner, I am sorry to belabor this point. I am very concerned about the cat, and I understand that Ra recommends that we do not use the drops and we won't. I just wanted to know what it was that we weren't doing that would help the eyesight and I apologize for belaboring this point. I'll close just by asking Ra if there is any further recommendation that he could make with respect to this cat. Answer, I am Ra. Rejoice in its companionship. Question 104.25 Questioner, when we got our introduction back from our publisher on the book which originally was called The Law of One, in the introduction Carla had been speaking on reincarnation and there was this sentence added, for although originally part of Jesus' teachings, they were censored from all subsequent editions by the Empress. Would Ra please comment on the source of that being placed in our introduction? Answer, I am Ra. This follows the way of subjectively interesting happenings, conditions, circumstances, or coincidences. We would suggest one more full query at this time. Question 104.26 Questioner Prior to the veiling process, there was, I am assuming, no arc. <clears throat> okay, so I hope you guys don't mind that I didn't cut in at any point during the 23 questions that we took there, talking about the cat and the cat's eyes. I don't think there was anything that I needed to say about that. <laughs> right. No interpretation needed. 
typical plan for the evolutionary process. It was totally left up to the free will of the mind, body, spirits to evolve in any way that they desired. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. No. I am Ra. We leave you in appreciation of the circumstances of the great illusion in which you now choose to play the pipe and timbrel and move in rhythm. We See, once again, this is an important part for me to point out because Ra only talks like this. They only do this a couple of times in the whole 106 sessions, right? <clears throat> so I like the, 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 what, what they just said, right? Let's go back and put my glasses on so that I can see it properly, right? So we leave you in the appreciation of the circumstances of the, the great illusion in which you now choose to play the pipe and trim and timber or in timbrel and move in rhythm. Right? That's important. We are also players upon the stage. The stage changes, the acts ring down, the lights come up once again, and throughout the grand illusion and the following, and the following, I'm not quite sure if that was done twice on purpose or not. I would never have been. Uh, in the following and the following, there is an understanding. Of majestic, wait a minute, of majesty, sorry, let me play it. We are also players upon a stage. The stage changes. The acts ring down. The lights come up once again. And throughout the grand delusion and the following and the following, there is the undergirding majesty of the one infinite creator. All is well. Nothing is lost. Go forth rejoicing in the love and the light, the peace and the power of the one infinite creator. I am Ra. So that was, that's uh, again, this illusion that we're a part of. And Ra said, we are also a part of that illusion. Now, that's very important because the more we're learning, even in modern science, even in modern science, physicists now are learning that a lot of our, what we think is reality is more similar to our AI, which you're viewing. You know what I mean? You're viewing that on your computer screen then it does what we thought was reality. <clears throat> so the more sophisticated we become, the more we are enlightened, the more that we are starting to understand just how matrix-like this really is, this reality that what we call reality is in fact an illusion, it's a stage, and we're actors wearing costumes on this stage. We just are born without knowledge of that. And even then, when we have the knowledge of that, it doesn't change the fact that we're here to experience. So what we literally are is the one true creator of the universe, experiencing every individual experience that could be possibly thought up by the infinite creator, us, you, me, everything. So we literally are a daydream gone wild, a daydream or a dream that is set loose amongst other daydreams that are set loose to have at the universe in any way that it wishes so that we can all have unique experiences. Right? Tony has something going back to the cat here. Let's put this up on the screen. I'll read it to you. I was surprised to hear the talk about the cat, but understand the questioner would like to ask his higher being these things. It's 
Brasque hire being this, this hire being these things. It's very interesting uh, now back, uh, back to the topic of like questions of when uh, Christ's teachings of uh, reincarnation were removed, right? <laughs> Good question. Good point. Uh, Tony, but they didn't really, Raw didn't really say, did they, what what the reason for that was? Um, <clears throat> you know, but it, well, it kind of, they kind of alluded uh, to the stylized, uh, you know, and that, that it was Christ's teachings were similar to the law of one, because it's obvious that Christ knew about the law of one because he was teaching that, but that the modern day teachings have been um, taken askew or away from that ideology a little bit more than Raw would like there. So to represent Christianity on the book, this is my my opinion now. I don't know this because I don't have the answer because Raw didn't talk to me. <laughs> right? So this is my opinion as a clergyman. You have to remember that I am a minister. I'm a minister in, in four different faiths. And have the papers to prove it. Some people go, you can't possibly be all the things that you say you are. I don't lie. And I have papers to back it up. And if not, I can tell you where you can go online to find my name listed there in with the credentials that I claim I have. I don't say that I am something that I am not. I am the one thing that I am not, and that is fake. And I'll, and I'll hold that to anybody. Anybody who thinks that I'm fake, I'll, I'll show them the freaking, um, I have the stuff here, not all of them. A couple you'd have to go online to look up because I don't have the certificates here because I lost them. They were on my yacht when I got rid of my yacht, and they were never um, shipped to me, so I don't know where they are. They must have gotten tossed out when they were clearing out stuff in the yacht. <clears throat> so, the, unfortunately for me, I missed some paperwork for, like, my uh, proof of being uh, knighted by the Roman Catholic Church. But that's on file. I could get another copy of that, right? And um, some of my other credentials that don't have anything to do with this, they have to do with, like, my life being you know, certified as a frame, uh, you know, framer being certified as a gas uh, operator, a certified uh, electrician, certified water operator, um, all that stuff that I was, when I was working for the last 10, 10 years of my life, I had all those certifications because I needed to have them because I did that work. <clears throat> so those things aren't any good for me anymore because I'm no longer working. However, they were achievements that I got in my life. And when we have achievements, we like to show them off on a wall somewhere. Well, I've never really had a, a place to, that I kept any length of time to put stuff up on the wall. So I'm not that kind of a proud person that has to have them on the wall. But some people are so paper driven that I tell them that I have this title. And they're like, you can't possibly have that title. I'm smarter than you and I don't have it. That's what they think in their head. Right. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they didn't spend the time like I did to make sure that I got these titles. Right. So I don't float them. I don't put them on like my page and show everybody all my titles and claim all the stuff. You know, whatever. I don't care if you believe me. If you don't believe me, change the channel. Go somewhere else. Right. So my opinion, getting back to the Jesus thing, is just that because of where Christianity is now, you would be excluding all other religions by putting religious fervor that is a current religion on this planet on the cover of the book. And so by doing so, you're limiting your market to just Christians because anybody who's of any other faith is going to go, oh, this whole thing slanted Christianity. I don't want to have any part of it. So you had, they had to be, you know, literally gender neutral, religion neutral when it came to that. And that's why they, because if they didn't, I would have, that's what I would have done if somebody suggested something like that. That's why I don't constantly talk from the 
perspective of a Christian minister because uh, that's a Christian ideology. Do you understand? So I am a spiritual minister, and I have read the, the Bibles, the tomes from other religions, and I'm not afraid to quote from them. I'm not afraid to read them because it, uh, fundamentally they're all the same. So you can't, you, you know, that would be like putting, you know, a quote from Mohammed or, or a quote from, you know, uh, one of the, you know, Ariel or one of the, the Jewish um, um, prophets. You can't do that, right? You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's Tony, it's actually a Christian uh, um, uh, minister. Uh, so it's, it's actually from Universal Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona. You can go online and look that up and find my name there. Back in 2016, I was ordained, and I was also knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, which makes you a minister as well. You're not a priest because you have to go to their seminary to be a, to be called a father, so or a, yeah, to be to be a priest and call a father. But you are still a minister, so I'm still capable of doing all the other rites that uh, a priest does in, or a minister does in every other religion. So just from those two alone, <clears throat> and then not to mention that I'm also. Uh, a Jedi Knight, which is uh, also a, a minister in the Jedi religion, and that you can look up, but it's the Jedi Order, the Jedi School in um, New Zealand. You'll also find my name there if you go online and look it up. It's all public. So uh, so I hold, you know, in the three different, four different churches to, to ideologies, I hold the, the title of minister, you know, father, priest, padre, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't have a congregation. My congregation is you guys. I don't. I don't go. I don't have a box that I go to where I want to preach that religion. Because of being uh, part of the Catholic religion, you understand and realize that most of the Bibles for um, almost all of the Christian faiths that are around the world are printed by the Catholic Bible by the Catholic Church. I didn't believe that when I was told that by a nun, and she said, "Go and look up all the books. Look up all the all the." Uh, books that they use as their Talmud, as their as their um, you know New Testament, Old Testament. Go and look up the name of the company that's printed all those, and find out who the parent company is. You'll find out it's all one company, and that's owned by the Catholic Church. So when people say, "I you know I'm not uh, you know I'm not I don't follow Catholicism," well, whatever Christian um, uh, church you go to, the curriculum the priests use is a Catholic curriculum that <laughs> the Catholics wrote. The book they're reading out of was printed by a Catholic. Um, Printing press. So, <laughs> right. So that's kind of crazy. Okay. So that's why they did that. I know that was really way off and took a long time, Tony, to explain, but I, and, and, you know, my background helps you to understand that I'm not just some guy going, oh, what I did, dude, is, uh, you know, <laughs> right. So, yeah. 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 You're catching up people that just uh, came on. Let me put that up on the screen for those of you who have the benefit of the MP4. Uh, Tony says, Leonard has just been talking about the law of one where he mentioned, uh, he just mentioned Jesus Christ's teaching and uh, reincarnation was removed from, uh, from well, not, well, not from the Bibles, but in, in some of the Bibles, yes, uh, yes, <laughs> but off of the book, uh, removed from the book <clears throat> and the teachings of the law of one. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it was removed from some Bibles because the, there was some question about whether Jesus was actually real. So, you know, your Hebrews don't believe Jesus was anything, right? You have to understand that the Jews don't believe Jesus or Mohammed were anything other than crazy hippie dudes, right? In John the Baptist, none of those three names that are prominent in, well, the two in, in Christianity, uh, and then, uh, you know, one in the Muslim church, those are two of the three largest religions on the planet right now. And yet the Hebrew religion, which is one of the three largest religions on the planet, does not even acknowledge them, right? 
So that's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, so if you go back to, you know, what was the original religion, the problem with that is that there was other religions that are still here at the time that are not acknowledged. See, the Muslims are Hindu, uh, Hindi, Zao, you know, Tao, uh, Buddhist, um, uh, all of that is, is in the East is very prominent. And, and in the West, people understand those, but you know, they're still like, you know, what they called the Bohemian uh, religion, which was the, the Viking religion. And that was all of Europe, not just uh, Northern Europe. Everybody thinks the Vikings were only up there in Sweden, Finland, Norway. They weren't. They were all the way down to what we know as Europe, everything that is Europe. And if you ask the people that are there, Europeans that are there, they'll tell you that. Like the Irish people say, we're Vikings. <laughs> we're Southern Vikings. We're not just some, Euro we're not Europeans that are from England. We're Southern Vikings. So the Scottish say that. Even the English say that. They just don't, they don't push it on other people so much. But I have friends that are over there. They'll tell you that, right? Let's see, now there's another religion, Tony. Let me put that up on the screen. Uh, good for you. That's actually a, a, one of the more uh, um, respectable go-getting these days religion. The rest of them are kind of dug in to the past, whereas, whereas uh, the uh, Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints um, are using the past to move forward. So that's, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't poop on any uh, religion, um, just some of the semantics. So he's, so Tony says, for those of you, I'm, I'm in the process of joining the, the Christ or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So for those of you who are listening on the MP3 broadcast, then you know what Tony just said and what I was mentioning. Now, uh, getting to that, the ideology of spiritualism, that's why I do the Law of One, uh, is is just that. And the Law of One talks about that. There's no religion that the Law of One's trying to sell you. There's, there's no ideology other than there is one true God, which is what most of the three and four and five religions that we just talked about uh, believe, right? That there is one true God and that somebody is a prophet of that God, but it doesn't matter who. Ah, in my mind, in your mind, right? In our coexist ideology, there's room for many prophets. Right. But then if you listen to the Hebrews, they got a list of three or four and that's it. Five thousand year old prophets and God doesn't answer the phone anymore. Right. And then your Muslims say that Muhammad's the prophet. That's it. Two thousand years ago, you know, two and a half thousand or, or one thousand five hundred or one thousand eight hundred years ago, there, thereabouts. And God's not answering the phone anymore. And a lot of your Christians, Catholics know there is one true God in Jesus is the prophet. In fact, the Catholics have even raised Jesus above that, and they say because the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that when in the Bible it says that Jesus is the, the Word of God. So if Jesus is the Word of God, then he's God's voice, and if he's God's voice, therefore he must be God. So God speaks through him because of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, right? And so they've now decided with this first and second council of Nicaea that Jesus is now God, not just a prophet. And, and that's what causes all the problems. So it's the semantics of the spiritualism and the, and the, the um, crux of the problem is the fracturing of the ideology due to the caste system being put in place once again, where you have the hierarchy that's in charge and everybody lives beneath them and has to pay them a tithing. Okay. And, and before that and prior to that, the religions were just fine. But you give men that religion, especially back then, because the women didn't do much um, of the decision-making. So it was man who corrupted the whole damn thing. And it was evil people, narcissistic evil people that have corrupted all the churches. It doesn't mean that they don't work. And that's what pisses off evil, is that the churches still work. 
they still bring people back to the one, right? Because those of you who can overlook and bypass that evil undertone and uh, and not get caught up in that part of the corruption, you guys do just fine. If you don't believe in all that corruption, that none of that is even available to you because you have never even pondered that, you guys are fine. Do you see? So there is that balance that is the law of one where everybody has an equal opportunity. So it's dependent. So there again, it all goes back to you, which is what the law of one talks about. Your choice, your choice of what you want to do. Jesus said that, Muhammad said that, all of these people that were considered prophets and all of the religions all spoke the same way. So there is no difference in the spiritual idea, the ideology of any religion. They're all the same. They're all the same when it comes to what is this religion about. It's the semantics of that kind of stuff, the creation story, the name of the deity, because that seems to be important to some people. It's just like having you know, a piece of paper that says some other person said that you know what you're talking about, right? So that's the chicken and the egg. Where Who was the first person that got certified by who? Like with Reiki, I'm also a Reiki master teacher. And the very first Reiki practitioner didn't have anyone say he knew what he was talking about because he got the information from the universe when the big balls of light came and hit him in the head. And he saw the symbols and understood what to do with them and started healing people. His actual doing the job, the act of, the healing was enough for people to say he's doing it. He knows what he's doing. So he became a master teacher. So originally it was like that. It was spontaneous, just like, and the reason why I go down this story, just like the Jesus story, just like the Muhammad story, just like all these other uh, prophet, prophetical stories and or creation uh, uh, stories, God figures in the mythos of everyone's history of all of their religion is the same. Do you understand? On a base root level, it all becomes the same. So it doesn't matter what religion you follow, if you like it. My father told me that, Tony. My father said to me that when you go and look at all religions and find if you want a religion to go to a box to, to sit and pray and we be with other people that are like-minded, it's going to be good for you either way. right? One of the biggest problems that we have in this country is that we don't have a whole family and that we need to get people back in this world, for that matter, back to a, a family unit. That doesn't necessarily mean one man, one woman, and, and that. It means a family unit of masculine and feminine. It doesn't matter if you have two fathers or two mothers. The kids still understand what's going on. <clears throat> because one's going to be more aggressive and one's going to be less aggressive. One's going to be more nurturing and one's going to be more, you know, uh, uh, less nurturing, but more, you know, tough. So you're going to get the masculine and the feminine. You don't actually have to have the difference, but it is more wholesome if you have all of that uh, it seems to work a little bit better, but not always. You know what I mean? It depends on the people and the person being raised. So that would get me excommunicated from the Catholic Church, just saying that out loud, right? <laughs> and some other uh, churches. All right, let's continue here with the love one. Okay, so that's the end of uh, session 104 for those of you on the MP3 broadcast. You hear the dead air right now. Uh, so we're going to go to session 105, I believe, because I don't think there's more to that. Yeah, session 105, and this is uh, took place, session 105 was October 19th, 1983, the Law of One, by a humble by Ra, a humble messenger of the Law of One. I am Ra. I greet you. 
my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator, we communicate now. Question 105.1. Questioner, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. The vital energies of this instrument are in a much more biased state than the previous asking, with the faculties of will and faith having regained their prominent place in this entity's existence and balance. The physical deficit continues. Question 105.2. Questioner, I am sorry that we have to ask so many maintenance questions. We seem to be in a confused condition now with respect to our abilities to continue in the direction that we wish to with respect to the archetypical mind. I would like to ask what caused the symmetrical wilts on the instrument's back, and is there anything further that we can do to heal the instrument and her condition, including these wilts? Answer, I am Ra. The welting is a symptom of that which has been a prolonged psychic greeting. The opportunity for this entity to experience massive allergic reaction from streptococcal and staphylococcal viruses has been offered in hopes that this entity would wish to leave the incarnation. The previous occurrence of this state of the mind complex which occurred upon, in your time numbering system, the ninth month, the twelfth day, of your present planetary solar revolution caught your fifth density companion unprepared. The entity is now prepared. There have been two instances wherein this entity could have started the reaction since the first opportunity was missed. Firstly, the opportunity to separate self from other self in connection with the choosing of an house. Secondly, the possible vision of self separated from other self in regard to the dissolving of mundane bonds concerning the leaving of this dwelling. Both opportunities were met by this entity with a refusal to separate self from other self with further work also upon the indigo rail level concerning the avoidance of martyrdom while maintaining unity and love. Thusly, this instrument has of its immunal defenses breached and its lymphatic system involved in the invasion of these villi. You may see some merit in a purging of the instrument's yellow ray chemical body in order to more quickly aid the weakened body complex in its attempt to remove these substances. Techniques include therapeutic enemas or colonics, the sauna once or twice in a day, and the use of vigorous rubbing of the integument for the period of approximately seven of your diurnal periods. We speak not of diet not because it might not aid, but because this entity ingests small quantities of any substance and is already avoiding certain substances, Notably fresh milk and oil. <clears throat> so again, here, all the way at 105. Session 105, Carla is a, a still and again being psychically attacked by an assassin trying to kill her off. Right? Looking for the assassins, looking for something that it can prey upon within the person in some way. And in this case, the possibility of, of getting two different uh, um, um, viruses <clears throat> that could be deadly. And then trying to convince, it looks like Carla, that, uh, you know, to become so depressed because she was leaving one house and going to another one as they were moving to kill herself. Right? So isn't that crazy that, that to, to this point is still happening that it, the, the information that is being given to us is so vital that back between 81 and 84, they were trying to murder anyone involved in that 
three-person group to get them out of the way, to stop them from communicating so they couldn't get this information and they couldn't get it to us. And even though they had the stuff out there, it never really got as much play as it's getting now. Never. <clears throat> Until three or four years ago, when about four years ago, when people started really, you know, just before Carla died. <clears throat> and then, you know, everybody else was already gone. Just before Carla died, and they were still uh, not really mainstream. But then the media, the, the, the um, internet, <clears throat> has allowed us to then take this and run with it. And many people referenced it. I was just watching uh, another one of the two errands that were out there talking, and he referenced the law of one as well. So this is becoming material that is that is as wide read as as you know the the what's his name Yogi Yogi Zuna, right? Or or what's his name you know or even the the Dalai Lama. People know people quote raw more than they quote the Dalai Lama. Let's put it that way. Right. So the information is getting out there and people are starting to pay attention. And again, no religion is trying to be pushed because the, the whole thing is, is, uh, is basically spirituality. And it talks about your personal spiritualism and your journey, which is what most of us has been, have been teaching anyway, because we're starting to realize that. And that the organized religion is stifled that and they only teach you what they want you to know which is good enough for some people because the truth is you don't have to have any part of any religion. You could be completely atheist. If you are more than 51% good, which is not an easy feat, then you're going to graduate anyway because you'll do the right things. Crazy, right? Question 105.3. Questioner, is there any particular place that the integument should be vigorously rubbed? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 105.4. Questioner, could you please tell me what caused Jim's kidney problem to return and what can be done to heal it? Answer, I am Ra. The entity, Jim, determined that it would cleanse itself and thus would spend time, space and space-time in pursuit and contemplation of perfection. The dedication to this working was intensified until the mind, body, spirit complex rang in harmony with this intention. The entity did not grasp the literal way in which metaphysical intentions are translated by the body complex of one working in utter unity of purpose. The entity began the period of prayer, fasting, penitence, and rejoicing. The body complex, which was not yet fully recovered from the necrotic syndrome, began to systematically cleanse each organ, sending all the detritus that was not perfect through kidneys which were not given enough liquid to dilute the toxins being released. The toxins stayed with the body complex and reactivated the purely physical illness. There is no metaphysical portion in this relapse. The healing is taking place in manifestation of an affirmation of body complex health which, barring untoward circumstance, shall be completely efficacious. Question 105.5 Questioner, is any consideration of the appropriateness of the house at Lake Lania which we intend to move to a special preparation other than that planned advisable? Answer, I am Ra. We believe you have queried obliquely. Please requery. Question 105.6 Questioner, we plan to cleanse the property at the Lake Lania location using the techniques prescribed by Ra having to do with using the salt for 36 hours. <clears throat> That's Lake Lanier, by the way, but the computer's not pronouncing it that way. Etc. 
Fletcher, I would like to know if this is sufficient or if there is any salient problem with respect to moving to that house that Ra could advise upon at this time, please. Answer, I am Ra. The cleansing of the dwelling. So <clears throat> let me put what Tony has a, a saying up on the screen here. <clears throat> That's inter interesting. So the illness was purely a physical overwhelm of the human organs of filtration. Yeah, it was the, the illness was literally at this particular time was literally trying to do that so that Carla would die, right? That's why if, if one of the things that we talk about when it comes to um, wanderers, when people say, how do I know I'm a wanderer? Because you're going to have autoimmune deficiencies that they're going to say, wow, this is, you know, you have this <clears throat> one in a million, one in, one in five million, one in 50 million uh, people have this or even more. It's going to be rare, super rare. Uh, and and they don't well, or you have something going on, and we're not quite sure what it is, and we can't hammer it out. You're running through all these tests after tests after tests after tests, and they go, oh well, you might have lupus. No, you might have this. No, you might have, and they kind of never really figure out what's going on with you, right? Or you do get autoimmune deficiencies, and you have far more. You have not just one; you have many, right? You have many different things that that say you don't fit. We talk about this a lot. Like myself, my skin, I have to treat myself like I'm an albino. Even though I'm not, my skin is that sensitive. My doctor told me that. You need to treat yourself like you're an albino because you're, you're allergic to just about everything. And I used to not be, but I always have had problems with detergents, soaps for, you know, that you wash your clothes in. <clears throat> right? So, you know, these different things happen and it's being done to you to try to disrupt, first of all, the autoimmune problems and you not fitting in the body is because you come from a higher uh, vibration and, you're, and this, this avatar understands that you're and, and, and knows that you don't fit properly because you, you vibrate too high. So even though you've come back down here, if you are in fact a wanderer and you've come to help, your, your vibratory pattern is still from where you came from. Your soul has come through as best it can into this body when you were born. However, you still have that vibration and you bring some of your abilities with you. So because of that, you don't fit right in this. You don't vibrate at the right, at the right pace to be in this body. So therefore, you're just slightly on phase with it. Yeah, see, there you go, right? Look, let me put that up there. Hmm, I've, this is Tony again, for those of you on the MP3 broadcast. I've experienced symptoms like fibromyalgia, uh, you know, muscle uh, feeling weak and, and achy. Yes, so... You know, it could be just something that's in your algorithm, right? Uh, but see, <laughs> Denise, I have autoimmune issues. Absolutely, right? Uh, some things could be just a part of your algorithm and it comes and goes. But those of you who end up with autoimmune, we have found that people who have autoimmune issues, by far, by far, like 80, 20, and sometimes some of the people tell me 90, 10, are wanderers because the, it's not that you don't fit. If you look around and you see people that say there's that guy or that woman that you know that never gets sick, doesn't matter what they eat, they never get food poisoning, they never have an upset stomach, they never have anything. Go, they can't. They can tan. They can go and dye their hair. They're not allergic to anything. Nothing seems to bother them. They can, you know, as my my stepfather used to say, you could eat shit and howl at the moon and it wouldn't bother you, right? Those people are indigenous to here. They fit. Everything works for them. Their life may not be perfect. They have lives just like us, and their decisions change their lives just like us. But that doesn't mean, Cheryl, welcome. That doesn't mean that 
that, you know, they don't fit. So, but we have found that in a very large amount of people that have autoimmune and you also have far more near death experiences than anyone else. And you're also more prone to psychic abilities and, you know, ESP and anything like that. Because you've already come from a place that's above this and you're already more awake than this place. Right? So, you know, Tony says, I'm, I'm otherwise, let me put it on the screen so, so we can see, I'm otherwise young and healthy other than having a few uh, uh, roll-ups a day, right? <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's the, 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 the way it is. I mean, it, as you get older, those get worse. When I was in my 20s, it wasn't so bad. When I was in my 30s, it wasn't so bad. When I was in my 40s, it started to get bad. Now that I'm in my 50s, I have problems. Now, I know that people just get old and they have problems, right? But I know people who get old and they're still out there running and they're still doing stuff and they, and they don't have issues. I have the arthritis of an 85-year-old man. That is not an exaggeration. That is a diagnosis, right? I am 53 and I have the arthritis of an 85-year-old throughout my entire body. Right. Denise says, I've always felt like a mis misfit. We all have. If you've had those feelings to where, you know, you just, you just don't fit in. You, you didn't fit in in school. You didn't fit in with any of the cliques. You know, you kind of hung around with a click or two just because everybody had kind of gravitated towards a click, but you still didn't get it. Um, just your life in general, you always felt like there was something else you were supposed to be doing. You were supposed to be somewhere else, or you were supposed to be here, but you couldn't quite figure out what you were supposed to do here. Um, you know, all of us have these things that you could say, well, that's just people longing for what to do in their life. I get that, but ours is a different plight. Ours is the, why am I so alone? Ours is why am I left here alone? Because we came from a place where we're not alone. Julie says, I'm almost 56 and still don't fit. I'm 53, going to be 54 this year, and I still don't fit. We're never going to fit in this body because we're from a plane where our vibration is way higher octave, couple of octaves. Restless, yes. Julie says restless. That's what we feel like. We feel restless because we know we're losing time, right? We know that we're on the clock, right? See, that's why, you know, even if when I talk about this and, I, and people say, well, what if I'm a wanderer? What do I do? You need to seek that knowledge on your own. We can help you. I don't answer questions for people. What I'll do is I'll work with you and work through the questions. I'm not going to give you any answers. I can't. And that's the law, one of the laws of the universe. That's the law of confusion. <clears throat> even if I know the answer, some answers I won't be able to tell you because this is still your experience. So you still have to experience things on our own. And I know that sucks for people because I've been there. Right. So, so Denise says, I felt, I felt this way since I was three, three years old, always restless. I really need to, I really need to hear, needed to hear this. Yes. And that's normal. Right. And yes. And, and Melissa says, and you, you figure it out on your own. Yes. And we, and those of us are here to guide you, to assist you, to make that part of your journey faster. We went through, some of us went through a long grilling process, but I, you know, again, I was also at like three, uh, knowing that I didn't fit, but I, I also brought through talents with me that other people, my father saw. And luckily for me, um, I guess I designed it that way, obviously to come through with the father that I had. Uh, so when, um, yeah, you figure out you're on your own when you're born. Yes. Melissa, right. Figure out you're on your own when you're born. Oddly enough, born that way, but accepted too, right? So 
I mean, yeah, that's, not, you know, we're, we're born and all of a sudden we're like, whoa, we're alone now. You have to remember most of you who did come from a higher plane, you know that you're a hive mind complex where you were at because you came from the fifth or the sixth. That's where raw is. So just, a, you know, a couple of uh, dimensions above ours, a couple of densities above ours, which which is I don't, I don't tend to use that phrasing so much because. Um, we're denser when we're younger. So when you hear a density and a higher plane or higher density, people think that means more dense and it doesn't, it means less dense, right? And that refers to only your physical body, the physicality. That's why I refer to the dimension. The dimension is the place. The density is, is the, the, where you are spiritually and what physicality your body, your avatar has. So as we get into a higher realm, a higher dimension, our physical body goes away. Right? And he says, I always ask my parents if they brought the wrong baby home, right? <laughs> yeah. We said that about one of my sisters because she talks faster than even I do. Uh, and my mom said there was a Mexican lady who was having a child at the same time and maybe they switched them. And so because Mexican people to white people who don't understand Spanish, you seem like they're talking very fast. And they weren't. My mom laughed about it, but no, it, that's just the you know the way things are, right? <clears throat> yeah. The, the minute this is the minute I had I hot childhood. Things change. I, I think you're saying that the minute you you uh, in the, you know left childhood, right? Um, so yeah, Tony says yeah. I felt so dis so disconnected being human. I think I remember being more uh, of of a hive mind before, right? And that's because we were. <clears throat> you were, we all were. When we leave here, we, uh, you know, even in the place of reflecting, we're still there with our higher self and, you know, and um, our guides, right? And and so you're still more attached to the universe when you're outside of this avatar than you are when you're here, right? So and, and so I mean that's also oh, when you hit adulthood. That's what that's what you meant. So she says she meant when she hit adulthood. So you're right. I mean that and that changes things as well. The more knowledge you gain. Uh, the more you understand, the more you understand, the more you kind of reflect and allow certain things. Like the more I understand that me not fitting here is not just me, it's other people as well, millions and billions of us that are here. So the less I'm concerned with not fitting and the more I'm just aware of it. Do you understand? Do you see? So, so, and, I, and the same is for most people that I've spoken to. So, so just like some of the things I'm saying now might be new to some of you, but me saying them and you understanding them, when you wrap your head around that, you're going to go, yeah, right? Okay. So either way, if this man's a lunatic or not, it's still sort of, you understand why you're having these problems to where you don't feel like you fit. And it's not as important to you anymore because you know that other people feel the same way. And so now you're just aware of it and you kind of giggle and go, there's another reason why I, I think that I have a mission, Right. And that's kind of what we're what we're going through, and and know know that they look for us. And when I say they, I'm talking about people that are evil on all aspects of the horizon. You know, people that are below us, people that are in 3D, people who are in four and five and six. Uh, they they don't want us doing this work, not on this planet, right? So Tony says, yes, I relate. Put it up on the screen for you. Yes, I relate to that more. I grow the more, and I relate to that, the more I grow, the more I become just aware of, ra of rather than concerned to be different. Right. So, and that's what happens. That's just natural in all of us that as you become more enlightened, you go, okay, I get that part. Sucks, manageable, a little bit annoying, 
at times, but I understand how that's and what that is, right? So even if you weren't spiritual in that respect, and people said, "Oh, you have Crohn's disease," oh, what's that? What is that like? Right. So, like Melissa said, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. So, and that, and that's the way it is. And you know, some people could just downplay that and say, well, that's just normal, and that happens to people on this planet randomly, and it has nothing to do with being uh, a wanderer, your so-called wanderer that you're trying to talk about there, Leo. Uh, ask a wanderer. That's like when somebody says to you, and I and I always love when when people do that. But they, you know, they say, well, it's better to uh, best to be. But it's better to have loved and lost than to not never have loved at all. And I love that. And I've said this many times in the movie, The Men in Black, Tommy Lee Jones's character, Kay, is looking at the woman that he had to give up to become part of the Secret Service to, to be the men in black. And she's never got married and she's in her backyard and she's pottering in her backyard. And she looks up at the sky as he's using a CIA satellite to look down at her. She looks up at the sky and right then Jay walks in. And he sees that and sees her on the screen and he hits the button, he closes the lid, turns it off. And he said, and he says to him, oh, isn't that cute? That's the girl that was supposed to have those flowers, huh? And he says, yeah. And he says, well, and he says that to him. It's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved before. And Kay looks at him, stares him in the face, really annoyed, and says, try it. Right. So that's that's what I you know, and it's akin to that when people say, oh, you know, what? it's a, all that stuff is just coincidental, bro. And there's no such thing as a wanderer. And you guys are just wasting your time. Well, it's weird that so many people, not just Carla and these guys that are at LNL Research, it's weird that they got the same message that other people have gotten all around the world. Right. And that all of these people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our wanderers usually lovers. You, well, most of the time, you have to understand that it's not just because we're wanderers. It's not just because of that. Right. Yeah. There is no such thing as a coincidence. And, and let me explain what I was. What I mean by that. There are two kinds of people on the planet. There are two kinds of people in the universe through the first six dimensions. <clears throat> two kind of people. You're either good or you're evil. Okay. And that's broke down by two categories. You're either in service to others or you're in service to self. So people who are in service to others are naturally going to be more loving people because you love everyone. You want to help people, right? So because of that, you're going to be more of a loving, caring person. So you're going to be a lover. So, so the answer to that is anyone who is a positive person can still be a lover not just a wanderer, but wanderers are specifically and exclusively 99.99% or even another 9%, 99.99999% good people, people who are in service to others. Because people who are in service to self don't want to get mind wiped to be here because they lose all their power. Their power comes from what they've done and what they've gained. To come back here, you come back as nothing. You're mind wiped and you're born into an avatar and don't even know and may never wake up to realize and live your entire life, die and get recycled again and still get mind wiped and still not know that you were here and that you chose to be here and you chose to come back here. So because of that, that's very dangerous to your soul, right? Because you may never wake up and you may be stuck here like everyone else. So only people who are willing to sacrifice their immortality 
sacrifice their individuality, sacrifice who they are to maybe never wake up to who they can be, would sacrifice themselves to go and come back and join this three-dimensional third density life form knowing all of these things that are wrong with us are going to continue to be wrong with us the entire time. We're never going to fit. We're always going to be under attack. People are going to be trying to murder us. People are going to be trying to stifle us. You're going to be trying to get us to not pay attention along with everybody else. The same thing, right? Keep you from becoming spiritual by occupying your time with a bazillion, gazillion things that you can watch on television or read in books or listen to with music or, or get on the internet to do anything that can distract you away from being a spiritual being. Okay. So Melissa says, I've been called one of the sweetest people on earth because you are. All of us are. Okay? If you're a good person. If you're not, then, then, you're, then you're a rattlesnake in disguise and you're just wanting people to think you are so you can get your hooks in them. That's a narcissist. That's an evil person. You understand? So, so we, those of you, and even if you're not, here's the thing, even if you're not, and say there is no such thing as a wanderer, say there is no such thing as any of this, and I'm, and I'm completely full of junk, and I'm listening to people who made stuff up, which is not true, by the way, right? <laughs> so the, the individual is the same. On the base, if you look at the universe and you look at what is good and evil, what are those, make those up to your, for yourself. Define for yourself what is good and what is evil and what is a good soul and what is an evil soul do. So once you do that, you're going to come right back to what I just said. Okay, so is it based on ideology that we had here already? Well, no, because they made up the whole devil thing. The church has actually admitted that. The Catholic Church has admitted that they made that up. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but they've admitted there is no hell and there is no devil. They made that up. They borrowed that from a different belief system that had that in it because of the Luciferian ideology, which I'm not going to get into right now. You can go down that road on your own. Okay. So let me continue a little bit more of the law of one. I'm going to go ahead because I've been talking a lot. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and run over a little bit. It doesn't matter, right? Because I, it's my show and I'm the producer. So if I want to run over, I'll, I'll run over. Right? So first, let's, let's look at what Tony had to say here. He put a paragraph in there. What did you say there? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, was born, uh, I was born into the, the beginning of an age of distraction. Yes, well, that's been going on for a very long time, right? From Windows 95, 97, right? And, and uh, five TV channels. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we had like five TV channels. We didn't even have Windows before. I was, we didn't even have DOS. We didn't have computers when I was born, right? So I was born in, in the time when we had rotary dial telephones and, uh, you know, and antennas for uh, cable, you know, there was no cable yet. We had antennas, right? And cable was just really hitting everywhere. We didn't have any smartphones. We didn't have any cell phones. We didn't even have pagers yet. Right. So think about that. I was born in the late sixties. So in the seventies, in the eighties, we had none of that. We just got pagers in the eighties and nineties. So the computer thing all hit in the late eighties for me, because I was, a uh, 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 friends with a guy who worked at AT&T before it was split up into the four companies that it is now, uh, that it was, they had computers like the Commodore 64, um, which was mostly DOS. They didn't have windows on it yet. It was all DOS. Um, they had that. Uh, I got to play with that before there was an internet, before you guys even knew about it, before Macintosh ever came out with, with their computer. 
So I was living through the time period of that whole um, everybody stealing everyone else's technology or buying it cheap, you know, and getting this stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tony says, sorry. I know, Tony, but you, what you have to say, Tony, has been some good stuff. Right. I put that up on the screen. Tony says, sorry, uh, Leonard, you're, you can go back to your content because uh, he keeps putting stuff up there that I get derailed with. Right. Well, Tony, that's because what you have to say is actually pertinent and something that people need to hear, bro. Otherwise, I would just say uh, I wouldn't really get on. You know, I'd say what you said and just move on. I wouldn't elaborate the way I did. Right. So you're not distracting. What's happening is is, is that you are actually um, giving an input when I read what you're saying. I'm, I'm seeing that's an important input that I think other people need to hear. And you and I can, you know, and when I discuss that, right. So <laughs> that's what, otherwise I would either just leave it there and just move on, or I would just say it really quickly and when you put it up on the screen and then just move on. Right. It's, but when I put you up on the screen, it's because I want people to see it because I'm going to discuss it really quickly. And it doesn't matter if I spend another three, four, five, six, ten 10 months doing law of one, trying to get through this. Um, I've been doing it now for almost three years. And I'm going to continue doing it until it's done. If it takes me uh, five days per session, I'm going to do it. If people don't want to listen to it, they don't have to, right? I'm not doing this to get popular and get rich. I'm doing this to get this information out so it's out there in the ether so that people can have can go and listen to what I have to say and, did, and then decide for themselves if my interpretation is what they think or believe. And if it's not, then you can interpret completely you know, on your own because this is a, really my interpretation of the law of one. And that is is directly related to my experiences that I have collected in this avatar from my experiences. And you have a completely set of different set of experiences. So you're going to see things naturally, not exactly the way I do. That's the beauty of, of this experience for all of us, right? And it would be boring if we all had the same experience. And then there would be no reason for us to do anything because we would just look at one person who's the brain and have that one person do all the homework for us. The rest of it's just cheat. And even though we try to do that, it just doesn't work, does it? No, right? So don't don't apologize for that, Tony. ...of which you speak need be only three nights and two days. This dwelling is benign. The techniques are acceptable. We find three areas in which use of garlic as previously described would be beneficial. Firstly, the bunk bedroom, below the top sleeping pallet. Secondly, the exterior of the dwelling facing the road and centering about the small rocks approximately two-thirds of the length of the dwelling from the driveway side. Thirdly, there is the matter of the boathouse. We suggest weekly cleansings of that area with garlic, the cut onions, and the walking of a light-filled perimeter. The garlic and onion, renewed weekly, should remain permanently hung, suspended from string or wire.
necessary to be included in consecration or deconsecration of the place are covered. We may suggest that each second density, woody plant which you have invested during your tenancy within this dwelling be thanked and blessed. I apologize for that. I'll rewind it. Um, the the uh, audio stopped because I had muted my um, microphone. I apologize because I'm my mother's caregiver. I'll rewind it so you guys can hear that. <laughs> I'm my mother's caregiver. I didn't realize that if I muted that, you guys couldn't hear it. Uh, and so, Tony, thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's back on now because I turned my mic back on. <laughs> so I apologize. Let me rewind. My mother came in. Uh, she has Alzheimer's and I'm her caregiver. So she came in because she was bored with what was on television. And she wanted to um, she wanted to me to change the channel. Normally, I'm not on this long. It's only an hour, right? And so I'm on here now for an hour and 15 minutes. So let me rewind it. I'm not sure where we were here uh, when we stopped because I was just letting it run through anyways. And you'll see why once I play it. Um, so I apologize that the sound went out. That was because I muted my microphone for those of you who were like, what happened to that dead air? That was me. Uh, so <laughs> I know, bless her heart, right? So she didn't realize that I was on air. She forgot. And so she was looking at my computer and hearing raw going, what's going on? Uh, and so I wouldn't change the channel for her. And now she's happy and came back and unmuted my microphone. I was hoping to be flawless right there, right? I apologize. So here we go. I am Ra. The intent is to create a perimeter within which the apiary denizens will not find it necessary to sting and indeed will not find it promising to inhabit. Question 105.9. Questioner, are you speaking of bees or wasps or creatures of that type? Answer, I am Ra. That is so. Question 105.10. Questioner, are Jim's plans and ritual for the deconsecrating of this dwelling sufficient, or should something be added or changed? Answer, I am Ra. No change is necessary. The points necessary to be included in consecration or deconsecration of the place are covered. We may suggest that each second density, woody plant which you have invested during your tenancy within this dwelling be thanked and blessed. Question 105.11. Questioner, is there any other suggestion that Ra could make with respect to any part of this move that is planned, and will it, will we have any problems at all in contacting Ra in the new dwelling? And if so, will Ra tell us about those and what we could do to alleviate any problems in contacting Ra in the new dwelling? Answer, I am Ra. We weigh this answer carefully, for it comes close to abrogation of free will, but find the proximity acceptable due to this instrument's determination to be of service to the one infinite creator regardless of personal circumstances. Any physical aid upon the part of the instrument in the packing and unpacking will activate those allergic reactions lying dormant for the most part at this time. This entity is allergic to those items which are unavoidable in transitions within your third density illusion that is, dust, mildew, etc. The one known as Bob will be evade in this regard. The scribe should take care also to imbibe a doubled quantity of liquids in order that any allergically caused Toxins may be flushed from the body complex. There is no difficulty in resuming contact through this tuned instrument with the social memory complex, Ra, in the chosen dwelling or, indeed, in any place whatsoever once physical and metaphysical cleansing has been accomplished. See, so that's the end of, of 105 part one. We're going to go to 105 part two here in a second. But I wanted to point out that, you know, even if you're listening to people transmuting anything, people who are working with energies of any kind, they'll tell you constantly to make sure that you're hydrated. I have I have water 
and coffee that I have with me when I do my show. And I sip the coffee a couple of sips here or there because I'm already, you know, I'm already moving this fast in my brain anyway. So I don't need the extra stimuli, but I, but I like coffee, so I like the taste of it. And, and I'm going to go to decaf soon just because I don't need the caffeine. I mean, listen to me talk. That's not caffeine. That's me when I wake up in the morning, right? That's just the way my brain works. So, But the water, I transmute. I, I burn a lot of water just sitting here doing this show. I can sit and watch television and not burn as much water. It's because the energy that I'm putting into what's going on, first of all, you have to understand that I'm, I'm you know, I've cast a circle to work within to clear the space so that negative energy has a harder time disrupting my signal, right? I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> if you don't think it's a thing, ask anybody that has any kind of abilities that does live performances. They'll tell you that's a thing, right? The distraction and the disruption. Uh, Facebook used to, you know, boot everybody off during the show. They kind of still do when you're watching the show and all of a sudden you get booted off the show and then you're back on because you have to recycle Right. That's part of the algorithm. They can't because otherwise, I mean, that doesn't happen with anything else. I've watched other people talk and they're not they're just talking like cars or whatever. And guess what? None of that happens. But when you start talking and using energy, that happens more often. Right. So let's go ahead here. For those of you who are on the MP3 file, that was the end of the law of one part one of uh, session five, 105. So we're going to go to law of one session 105 part two, which took place October 19th, 1983. Same time. Question 105.12. Questioner, I have come to the conclusion that the meaning of the hawk that we had about a year ago when we started to move the first time had to do with the non-benign nature of the house in the metaphysical sense which I had picked. If it would not interfere with the law of confusion, I think that would be philosophically interesting to know if I am correct with respect to that. Answer, I am Ra. What bird comes to affirm for Ra? What bird would be chosen to warn? We ask the questioner to ponder these queries. Question 105.13. Questioner, we have been, you might say, experimentally determining a lot of things about the body, the next portion of the tarot, and have been experiencing some of the feedback effects, you might say, between the mind and the body. From everything that we have done so far with respect to these effects, the great value of the third density, Yet the lower ray body at this time is as a device that feeds back catalyst to create the polarization, I would say. I would ask Jar if initially when they were designed for third density experience the mind, body, spirits, not the mind, body, spirit complexes, but as the major use of the yellow ray body, the feeding back of catalyst and if not, what was the purpose of the yellow ray body? Answer, I am Ra. That's a really good question. That's the first good question Don's had in about two sessions. <laughs> Description which began your query is suitable for the function of the mind, body, spirit or the mind, body, spirit complex. The position and creation of physical manifestation changed not one whit when the veil of forgetting was dropped. So it would already effectively it was already designed that way before prior to the veiling and had nothing to do with the veiling. Is what he is what Raw is saying, not he but they. Okay, and if you want more details, you can go back and, and look at that, or you can look up chakras, chakra points, and you can look up the different chakra points uh, and everything that those mean and what they entail, uh, and and where they where they rest within the body, and all of that is very important. And um, I don't want to get into that because I could do a whole show just on that. I have right because of that being the building blocks to the entire universe. And some of us know that, and, and you can go, I'm going to be putting up. Those of you who watched, we did a, a show for Earth Day that was two days, 
and it was, I think, uh, it was eight hours a day for two days. Uh, and then I did another show called uh, Numa, and I haven't posted those for those of you who are on the MP3 podcast. You guys haven't gotten those because the segments were, you know, there were eight hours a day uh, for two days, and the second one was was nine hours in one day uh, in webinar event. And I have another one coming up, so I am I have cut those into three hour segments, and um, I may cut them into one hour segments for each guest who spoke and post them. And if I do, I will number them so that you will know. Uh, what you know, what it is, day one or day two of Earth Day, and the speaker and what it's about. So I will be posting those. So the podcast is going to blow up with like, you know, um, twenty five or thirty more episodes than it already has in a, in like a week, because I'm going to start posting those, and that goes back to you know Earth Day. Literally, it was the twenty seventh and and twenty eighth uh, of of the month, and then come forward to last month, and now here in June, we have, I have two, I have a webinar coming up next Wednesday that's dealing with uh, Stephen and Evan Strong and, uh, and the stuff that they're talking about um, uh, for coming up for their webinar that they're doing. We're going to be talking about that with, uh, with uh, four speakers on that day. Uh, it's going to be a 6 PM West coast America time on Wednesday, 6 to 9 PM or whenever we get done. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the webinars and things that they have coming up over in Australia to also, you know, continue with the spirituality of uh, of the people of this planet and the history they're in or they're of, right? And then I have uh, another one called Zero Point, and it's Zero Point uh, Spirituality, Becoming One, uh, and we're doing that on the 26th of this month, and that's going to be in eight or so our show with eight speakers, um, depending on whether we go long or not. Uh, and that's going to be at 10 a.m. West Coast America time. And um, I have the banners up for those on my page. So you guys might want to tune into that, and then I'll be cutting those into segments and putting them out um, for everybody to hear as well, not just doing the Law of One. So that's the stuff that I do when I'm not doing the Friday Law of One show lining up other shows, and then I'm going to be doing other shows. With all the guests that have been speaking, I'm going to have most of them on one-on-one -on -one to discuss their, their background and their stuff. Uh, and uh, so you're going to get more of a background on each one of the people that you will hear speak from all of those different webinars that I've done in the last three months. Okay. Um, that's just going forward in time. And I, I wanted to get through a few of those, and I'm now setting that up. So you'll see more of that coming where I'll be doing two shows a week, maybe three for, for the next month or two, but I'm probably going to try and stay at just two plus the webinar, right? So, so I'll be doing webinars, uh, one or two of those a month, probably one uh, every 30 days or so, but maybe not, maybe more. Well, it depends on, because I have a, a long list of things to talk about and people to talk to, right? All right, let's continue with this one. Question 105.14. Questioner, then the yellow ray body from the very beginning was designed as what Ra has called a Rathana for the mind, a device to accelerate the evolution of the mind. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. It is perhaps more accurate to know that the yellow ray, physical vehicle is a necessity without which the mind, body, spirit complex cannot pursue evolution at any pace. Question 105.15 Questioner then you are saying that the evolution of that portion of the individual that is not yellow ray is not possible without the clothing at intervals in the yellow ray body. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 105.16. Questioner, 
would you clear up my thinking on that? I didn't quite understand your statement. Answer, I am Ra. Each mind, body, spirit or mind, body, spirit complex has an existence simultaneous with that of creation. It is not dependent upon any physical vehicle. However, in order to evolve, change, learn, and manifest the creator the physical vehicles appropriate to each density are necessary. Your query implied that physical vehicles accelerated growth. The more accurate description is that they permit growth. See, now that right there might be, and I know I say this a lot, but that might be one of the, if not the um, best analogies as to the entire message of the law of one and the entire message of what we're here for. Or why, right? Each mind, body, spirit, which is your soul, or mind, body, spirit complex, which is your body with your, with your spirit in it, has an existence simultaneous with that of the creation. Do you understand that? So you're, that's what I've been preaching, and that's what everybody else has. You have an immortal soul. You're not just this body. You have an immortal soul. Right? So you ha has an existence simultaneous with the creation. It is not dependent upon any physical vehicle because you have an immortal soul. It's immortal. Okay? So so that it, it, you're inside this avatar, which is fake. But you're here. Why? Okay. So we'll get to that. It is not dependent on any physical physical vehicle. However, in order to evolve, change, learn, and manifest the creator, the physical vehicle, right? The physical vehicles, pardon me, without my glasses on trying to read on a, on a smaller screen when I should be looking on the big screen, right? <laughs> physical vehicles appropriate, appropriate to each other density, to each density are necessary, right? So the, so the vehicles appropriate to each density are necessary. Your query implied that the physical vehicles accelerated growth. The more accurate description is that they permit growth. So your immortal soul more than likely was found that if you're sitting around your immortal soul, that was like the unveiling and you knew that you were the one. So your, so your growth was was stagnant because you knew, again, we talked about that in many episodes, you knew that you were the one, you knew that you were going to be returned back to the one, right? So then you took less time learning than you would. The physical body that we occupy, this avatar, that allows us the ideology or the fear of death. Because we're mind wiped, we don't know that we're immortal. But we've come to a point in our existence where it's okay to know that and ponder that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation. It wouldn't be written down by raw. It wouldn't have been pondered. It would just be the knowledge that used to be that we are just this physical body and we only live once. But that knowledge went away thousands and hundreds of thousands of years ago, if not millions, depending on how long we've been here. And I've heard people, rumors saying millions. Of years and some thousands, some tens of thousands, some hundreds of thousands. That's a moot point, in my opinion. 
because here and now is, is the most important thing for those of us that are here. However, our past is something that we need to uncover to understand what was going on then. When we do that, we'll understand that their plight was our plight, that it is the same. That's why history is so important. And that's why you have so many people on this planet that are trying to eradicate history. Why? They don't want you knowing you've done this before. They don't want you knowing that you've done this before. Now, why is that? There could be only two reasons why that would be. The first, well, there's a few reasons, but the biggest reasons. The first is they did what they did, and we are stuck. The second is that we are this penal colony. And if they did what we did, then we are a penal colony anyways. So the earth is Australia. The earth is to the universe what Australia is to the earth. We're in the outback. We're down under. We're way out on the edge of the, of the planet, way out on the edge of the galaxy where nobody goes, the universe where nobody goes, unless they're looking for this place. And we're stuck here because of some reason, according to the theory of, of just regular growth, we wouldn't be stuck at all and all of this is moot point. Now, we wouldn't be coming or we wouldn't be becoming a delusionary group of people as a species to believe this storyline of being stuck or to believe the storyline of being a penal colony unless something like that was actually happening because then we would all know that just doesn't fit. Do you see? You would know that instinctively. Even though some of this stuff you don't know already and you're learning from raw or you're learning from the words that I'm translating to you, or other people and other things, and you just happen to tune in here and go, yeah, that other guy was saying the same thing. The reason that that is resonating with you is because inside you know the things that I'm saying are true because you can feel the truth. We all know the truth when it's there. We also know whether a person's good or evil. We choose to look past that because we doubt ourselves. Women are really good with their intuition. That guy creeps me out, you know? Why is that guy creepy out? I don't know. He's just kind of creepy. Sometimes people give off a creep vibe, and then when they meet them and they get to know them, they go, oh, okay, I was just – he hit a stereotype. See, we have to decide the difference between a stereotype and what our perception of that person is. Is it ringing as a stereotype for my predisposition, or is that person actually good or bad? Yeah, vibes, right? So – Right? It's, it's, yeah. It, it staggers. He it says it, sta it's, it staggers me how many humans. This is Tony again, for those of you on MP3 file. Um, uh, it staggers me how many humans just refuse to accept or acknowledge that we have spirits and, and more life than physical. That's because that was taken from us, Tony. And, and that's what they want us all to believe because when you're first born here, you don't know that. You're mind wiped. That's part of the, the laws of, of one. Your mind wipe, that's the forgetting. You don't get to know. So you have a you know, you have a clean slate, and you also have the ability from that point to have your own complete experience and experiences, and you also experience other people experiencing with you, and you also intermingle with each other, which changes the experience. And from that, you're supposed to learn certain things before you can graduate. And all of the things that we're talking about right now are those things that you learn. 
every single item that we talk about in the law of one are not, not entirely all the things that you need to learn before you graduate, but a guideline to these are the things that entail with each of these colors that are part of your chakra system, uh, your chakra system, which is a part of your psyche, which is a part of your hive mind complex that you are, your, your, you know, your, your spirit totality, right? Your mind, body, spirit, complex totality, each individual. And then as a hive mind, complex spirit totality as, as a race. So that was taken from us. And that's the, that's what's happened to, that's why people are stuck here. So you're either stuck here for, for a reason of, uh, you know, this, this uh, a fabled draconian uh, um, trap, soul trap, which is where they convince you to go into the light. When you go into the light, they, they hit you with, you know, radiation and mind wipe you. And then they send you back down or they convince you to come back down on your own to help. And you come back so perpetually stuck in a cycle of, of reincarnation over and over and over and over. Or it's a penal colony. And the same thing happens. So either way, the people here have become stuck, either because it was designed when the earth was created to throw all the people here that the evil people didn't want. And we'll get into that. And that's why this pertains. And that's why I went down this road right here. Once we get into the next segment after the law of one, when I'm talking and reporting to you about what this alien says. Back in 1947, 48. Okay. That ties into what I'm talking about now. So back about eight years ago or 10 years ago now, I, were, I was pondering this very thing. And I was talking to a bunch of different clergy and, and other people who were not and some people that were psychics. And I said, I want everybody to sit down and draw up. And I'm bringing this up for you because I want you guys to do a little bit of homework. Sit down and, and write columns. You know how you would do when you're, when, you're, when you're a kid? You women know this better than men. You go, do I like this guy? What are this guy's qualities? And what am I looking for in a man? So you write down <coughs> what it is you're looking for. And then you write down what it is that you think this guy is. And then you write down what you, know, what you believe this guy might become or whatever. So you decide whether or not you like him. Some men do this as well. Some people do this in general with when you're weighing out an idea, do I take this job or not? So sit down and, and write down for yourself all of the possibilities of how and why we are here. Literally starting with science and saying primordial goo and we're a mistake and we just evolved, evolution. We evolved out of goo. Goo turned into an amoeba that turned into a fish that walked up on land and that eventually turned into a human somehow. Right? And then write another column or, or you know, turn a couple pages so you can have room and then write you know, uh, Darwin's theory of, of, of evolution. And then, you know, go Christianity's version, Hindu's version, Judeo's uh, Christianity, you know, Judaism, all every religion, write them all down and write down their creation story. And even some of the ones that are out of practice that are, that are mythos, right? Write them all down and weigh them all out and then write, you know, and continue and then write down penal colony. And then, you know, uh, then write down, uh, you know, the, a Luciferian system where they, uh, you know, they came down here and they took control and they're propagating this, like Raw says, and they're, they're keeping us all uh, basically locked like a prison uh, right now. P put all those down and then write down the likelihood that that is real and do the investigation like a scientist. Don't try to prove anything. 
I did this. Okay. I did. I wasn't trying to, I was trying to disprove being a Christian. I was trying to disprove all of this. I wanted it to be that we were here because we were God's creation and that, and that, uh, you know, that, uh, that Jesus was my savior and the whole nine. All of that is still true. That's the scary part. All of that is still true. But the outcome of where we are and what is our predicament becomes the question. Right? Becomes that question. Am what I'm talking about, is it completely out of line and that we're not? This is a waste of my time and a waste of your time. And that we're just here to learn something and some of us have gotten stuck and that we believe that we are stuck, that the whole planet is stuck. And that it's like the Matrix because too many people watch the Matrix and the ideal ideology of that and other people making movies that were similar to that got into our head subconsciously. And now we think that that's what's going on and that's what our reality is. Did anyone speak about that before the movie The Matrix came out? Yes, because The Law of One came out first. Did the people who made The Matrix read The Law of One and then make The Matrix out of that? We don't know. We would have to find out from the writer of, of The Matrix if that was based on or influenced by these books. And so if you can draw everything back to here and nothing prior to this had any connection in any way to that, right? And what, what you know, you have, to, you have to become, this is the philosophy now that when I was a, a philosophy, you know, philosophy 101 is, uh, you know, you have to learn about the philosopher and you have to read the history of the politics of what was happening at the time the philosopher wrote shit down because they're basing all of their ideologies on everything that is their life, that is current events around them and their experiences. Okay. So someone who writes a book is doing the same thing. Right. So, so you have to ponder that what I came to the conclusion of is that all of those things were right in some ways. Some of them were Un, or improbable, right? The fact that we were just a mistake and that you know it's primordial goo, and sometime all of a sudden we just wake up and we're like, I think, therefore I am, and now we're just trying to make up that we're, there's something else out there after this. I know in my soul that's not true. I know in my soul that there's life after this. I have been out of my body more than once to know that I am a spirit that is connected to this body, but I am not this body. That's an experience that I had. Some could say a delusion. But the weird thing is that we all have the same delusion when we leave our bodies. So if we're all having the same delusion, that can't be a delusion when we're all having that same experience. Not everybody remembers it when they come back if they have a near-death experience. But those who do will tell you. And they will tell you, and the experience is almost identical. So is that mass hysteria that makes us feel good before we wink out of existence? Somebody could say that if they wanted to, but how do they know the answer to that? Do you see? And they can say to you, well, how do you know the answer? Because I was there. Well, I don't believe you. You don't have to believe me. Because you're not the one who has to believe me. See, people always, they get so self-righteous, they think that, that they're the one you have to convince. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. I'm here to put the tools down and to make them readily available for those who will look for them. Right? Yeah, seeing outside of Earth, seeing outside of your... Uh, of, of your uh, uh, 
being out of your body and seeing the planet itself is it's really different because you don't see your body anymore. Your body's not there. See, we, we don't realize we still see our body. You see your hands when your hands are moving. You look down, you see your body. When you're out of body, you're not, there's nothing there for you to see. You're all energy. Right? So, Tony, here's Tony's first. That was your first near-death experience, wasn't it, Tony? Tony says, I had a near-death experience about the age of four, nearly drowned. Right? I had an out-of-body experience through meditation. So, this is a separate event. Right? After a few months, uh, sticking to doing a half an hour or so a day, it was blissful. Right? It is because you're free. Right? So, I remember when I was out of body the first time um, as an adult, doing it on purpose. I remember that I was able to see the life in everything. I could see that it was alive. I could see the life. I could see the energy that was coming off of plants, trees, right? And I could go in and I could interact with it. I could interact with it. So since then, I've had a different ideology when looking at plants. I see them differently, and I know that they're an entity, and I can also still see their life, the life force that's in them. So when somebody hands me a plant that's almost dead, they go, this plant's dead. It's not dead. It's still alive in there. There's not a lot of life in it, but it wants to live. You know, And I've always had a green thumb that way. I would take other people's plants. They're like, I'm throwing this out. Let me see this. No, there's life there. Let me have this. I'll take care of it. And then I nurture that thing and it blossoms and it's happy to still be alive. Right. And loves the energy that I'm giving it, that I, that I was willing to spend time in my life force to bring it back. And then it flourishes. Right. So that it's, so it's, it's dependent on what you're doing. And Tony said, yeah, I became more aware of the life force in nature and things. Yeah. You can't help but do that. You're in it. You're out there, you're outside of your body, you're outside of this avatar, so you're more, you're more your, your, your spirit. You're, you're, you're not your avatar. You're not seeing through your avatar anymore, so you're not only seeing what your avatar sees with the light spectrum. You're not only hearing what, the, what your avatar can hear through the sound spectrum that it can hear through, right? Dogs see better than we do, and they definitely smell better than we do, right? So imagine having all those senses heightened, and that's what, the way it is. That's how you, when you're out of your body and you're looking around at the universe, you're like, What? This place is even more beautiful than I thought it was, man, right? I mean, that's the truth of it. It's even more beautiful than I thought it was. And you don't you don't want to go back, but you're, you're stuck because you signed on to be here. And that's where if you stay out too long, that silver cord that's attached to this body that anchors you here so that you can't get away, for one, and you can't get lost, which is more important, will yank you back, right? And we hate that crash landing, don't we, boys and girls? We hate the crash landing when we get yanked back. Because then you come in hard, fast, and crash. <laughs> no, and it's not painful either, right? I agree. Right? So Melissa says, the first time I was out of body before I was I was old enough. First time, wait a minute, let me put that up on the screen. Again, I took my glasses off, so now I can read it better. The first the first put of, my, of body, first out of body, was before I was old enough to understand the concept. Yeah, me too. I was out, I was out of body at a young age and wasn't, wasn't sure what was happening to me. I thought... Okay, I must be going crazy because I'm hearing things and seeing things, right? And uh, and luckily, my father was um, very knowledgeable in this and very awake for a time where you shouldn't be, uh, you know, in, in the United States. Not not from his education or his background or his upbringing, but he was. I believe that he was a wanderer. 
And yeah, you know, Tony, I, I love what you're saying there because this is the truth. The internet has allowed that. Tony says, I'm glad. I'm so glad that we're here, that, that we are, we're here and connecting in this pursuit of understanding and knowledge and wisdom that, so the internet's allowed that to happen a lot faster and a lot more than before. Those of us who have been on this planet for a very long time, we're really glad when, when we pushed for the technology, but unfortunately now we're, now we're having a problem with the technology trying to take over uh, and some people trying to make that happen by trying to create AI, you know, and then of course the warning was there with the whole, um, you know, uh, predator, uh, not predator, but uh, um, terminator thing that if we create an AI system and it becomes intelligent, how long before it decides that we're the problem and tries to eradicate us, right? Uh, and, and that is a big fear. So if it, that is a fear, then we're manifesting that, which means that that is a possibility. And then when you find out there is a temporal war in that that very thing has actually happened and that, and then you see the Hopi um, rock legend where they talk about it and other people, other aboriginals uh, in Australia, in, in Canada, around the world, Africa, who have the same warning. That would suggest that these people who had no technology thousands of years ago got a glimpse of the temporal war. Well, that's because the temporal war is now. And back then it was still now. The internet has already fallen into the wrong hands. Tony says, I pray that the internet doesn't fall into the wrong hands. It must be um, preserved for the better of humanity. Here's the good part about that. I mean, it, it, the, the bad people are trying to be in control of the, 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 the internet now as we speak. They have, I mean, we're talking on two genres that are owned by the two biggest tech companies on the planet who are run by the two most evil people on the face of the earth, Right who started out as these people who were supposed to be for the, for everybody to be free and have a platform that couldn't be stifled by the said powers. It should not be. And they became the powers that should not be and are doing just that. Here's the thing though, here where we live in this, no matter how hard they try, the laws of the universe, the laws of one will not allow them to completely take over and snuff out good period. It's not allowed to do so. Just like we cannot kill off everything that's evil and stop evil from being, period. Can't do it. Here is the place where those two things have to exist and will continue to exist for the remainder of time. Never change. Because currently, this system that is set up on this planet, in this reality, to have us move forward and to learn and to grow is the best system that the one true creator has created so far, thus far. Now, are there other systems that there are being um, changes made? Yes. In each bubble, in each universe, in each reality, it's different slightly. Because we people make up the reality and the laws that are in here sub-creation, sub-logos. We create things that happen in this logos based on the logos that was presented to us by the one true creator. So we take those guidelines and then change some things. But the, but the good evil aspect is in the base creation of the universe. And there's nothing that we can do about that. Okay. So they can't take complete control 
the more the harder they take control, the more that somebody will fight back against them always and forever. And the more control they clamp down, the more the people will rise against them. It's a cycle. Everything is cyclical and it's a cycle. Look at the, the rise and fall of every nation on the face of this earth. And you look at those people who were tyrants and totalitarian governments who, who oppressed and beat and destroyed and murdered their, their um, um, people. And the people eventually overthrew them. Always. Okay. So if they, if they gain complete control, like they have, say, in the communist countries, over the Internet, they still have to provide an Internet and they try to filter that Internet Right. I guess I should go back in here the studio because we're not going to do any more of that and put me up on the screen so you guys can see me talking. Right. Instead of looking at that the whole time. <clears throat> so they took control of North Korea, China, Russia, when Russia was really big and they created their own Internet that was uh, detached from the World Wide Web. So the people have to operate within those boundaries. Eventually, though, right now, currently, the Chinese people haven't begun to revolt, but there's some that have inside. Okay, so it's already started even there. <clears throat> the Russians started the same way. If you guys go back, you know, when it was you know before my time, my parents were dealing with the Russians, and and during the Cold War, I was around for the end of the Cold War. Uh, but the the by that time, things were happening, and they had to have walls where they had guards on it to stop people from trying to escape because they were like, "I'm done with this place." So then they started underground movements, and eventually. You know, the, eventually you had somebody who was an ideologue who got in charge and actually did tear down the wall. So eventually things go away. Look at in history, look at Rome. When Rome was uh, conquered the planet, eventually the people overthrew them and took away all of the all the way back to just Italy. Look at the Greeks. The Greeks owned the world before the Romans did. And guess what happened to them? They collapsed back to Greece and that's it. So look at Spain. Spain ruled most of the world and they're now collapsed back to Spain. Look uh, at uh, um, England and the English were the same way. And now they've collapsed back to England. Right. So America's kind of the same way in the 40s, 50s and 60s, having our hand in everybody's uh, crap. And then we have collapsed back to hardly anything now. Right. So that that happens when the people get tired of what's going on. Uh, pardon me for one second. My mother has now wandered into the room again. So I'm going to mute my microphone and find out what's going on with my mother. So hold, please. I'll be right back. You'll see me talking to her. So those of you on the MP3 uh, broadcast, the, the, we're still going to be going. You just won't be able to see me. I just have to deal with my mom. Find out what's going on. Okay, I apologize for that. She was coming in here again, forgetting that I was on the air until I just told her that I was. And I said, please go and sit down and watch television. And I'll be out there. And I said, I love you. And she said, okay, I love you. She doesn't like being by herself. You know, she's a little old woman. Normally, I only go on the air for an hour. And then if I'm doing a big show, I just leave the door open. Uh, and while other people are talking, I turn off my camera and my microphone because it's not me. It's them. I'm the producer. So then I run out and check on her and do whatever and come back in and sit down. But when I'm doing this, I'm the speaker. <clears throat> so because of that, I have to close the door. And she doesn't have, you know, obviously, when was that? It was like 25 minutes ago, wasn't it? <laughs> Even a half an hour ago. And I told her then that I was on air still, right? So I apologize for that, right? Um, thank you for that. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, she, yeah, she is okay. Uh, um, 
she's just just opened up the door with this like what what are you doing <laughs> what's what's going on the day's going it's almost dinner time and you're in here with the door closed i mean that's you know sorry mom i'm on the air right now i'm live on on television oh okay <laughs> right i forgot right she's a good woman she's a good irish woman but uh she's forgetting i don't know how much longer i'll have her but i'm going to keep her as long as i can make her comfortable as long as i can um so we'll see what happens there right so she still remembers me <laughs> Thank you, Julie. She still remembers me at this point. Maybe one of these days I'll be live and she'll come running in with a hatchet. Who are you? Get out of my house. You know, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? All right. Or she'll pick up the phone and dial 911 and the cops will come busting in the door and I'll be like, whoa, I live here. That's my mom. Look, here's the paperwork. Right. That could happen. You never know. Okay. So now I'm completely lost from where I was. So um, uh, I guess maybe we'll just end it. <laughs> I might as well go on up to the two hour mark, right? So we got another seven minutes. I might as well uh, kill another seven minutes. So let me see if I can remember where we were here, where I was in the, in the rambling. Um, oh, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Yes. I, you know, I, I'm lucky I'm retired. Let me put it up on the screen so you guys in the MP3 file. I don't know what Tony said here. I'll read it to you. Uh, no need to apologize. Of course, we understand. That's the wonderful. It's wonder. That's wonderful that you can take care of her. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually a, a lucky. I'm semi-retired. Um, I guess I would say I am retired because I'm my disability. Uh, you know, because of the problems that I have, not just um, the the arthritis, but that's part of it. Arthritis, and I have two blown shoulders. Um, I have uh, my legs. They wanted to cut them off and. Both my legs below the knees, they wanted to cut off uh, in 2012 uh, because I got, um, they injured them and they and ended up with a um, staph infection, got really bad on both legs and they swelled up and they were leaking water out of the hair follicles. It was nasty. And I had this flesh eating bacteria that was destroying the flesh on my legs and, and um, this poison in my body that they don't even know why I'm still alive. I should have been dead. Should have gotten into my, my blood and should have killed me, uh, but it didn't. Uh, so the, they were, you know, drew a line around my legs with a pen and said, if the redness doesn't go below this line tomorrow, we're going to start talking about saving your life and cutting your legs off, both of them. Well, that didn't happen. And I have fought and to keep them, um, you know, and the, the skin is still um, messed up and I have a lot of scar tissue, mostly scar tissue now on my legs. Um, I have two tattoos, one on either side of my legs on the outside of the leg. You know, you have that on the outside from your knee down to your, uh, the one on the left side was a tattoo of Odin. And um, it was a, a bust from his waist up. And now the only part of Odin that's still visible is his shoulder and his head uh, in the two birds on either side. Uh, everything else is gone. It, it bled out when my skin, the bacteria, flesh-eating bacteria ate my skin. Uh, so that tattoo is gone. The other one's still there. Uh, my legs are discolored, you know, purple, brown. Um, and, and I have no hair on there and hardly any feeling. Uh, you know, in my feet and in my legs there, but they're still mine. I still have them. I still have, uh, uh, you know, circulation issues there, but they're still uh, there. And I put steroids on them and I have kept them and I plan to keep them. <laughs> right? So, uh, so because of that uh, with my legs and then uh, having my, uh, my shoulders blown out, I sued a company uh, over uh, injury to my left shoulder, my right shoulder. I blew out and didn't sue the company when I should have, but I sued them for this one uh, and got disability uh, and went on social security for disability. Uh, and that's where I am. So I'm not fully social security, but I'm disability social security uh, where they are supposed to reevaluate you every like two or three years. And they just sent me a thing saying, and I think it's because of COVID the, the government of the United States wants everybody on the payroll. Uh, so they said, we're not going to 
bother doing that anymore and, and you don't have to worry about it. So now I'm on permanent social security. So I am retired and that gives me, that puts me in a unique uh, place to be able to take care of my mom full time. And if it gets too hard, then I can have the hospital send nurse help to take care of her. Like if I do events like this to where I need that, I think I will, I'll have the, a nurse come in with her and she'll, you know, cook and clean and sit around and talk to her and just keep her busy so that she won't come in here to do what she did. If that comes to a point, I'll do that. I leave the the blinds open on the window over here because the front door is right there. I leave the blinds open. So if she tries to escape, I can go, gotta go. And that's happened while I was alive. Gotta go. My mom's escaping and went off air to run out there. Find out where mom's going. Right? Okay. So, right. I mean, that's in and of itself. I hope that never happens to me. Everything that I know, could you imagine Imagine this now. I go through everything that I've gone through to to learn the knowledge that I have to assist people only to lose the knowledge myself. Would that be apropos or what? Wouldn't that be that I end up with Alzheimer's as well and lose all this knowledge and get mind wiped at the end just before and after I spent my whole lifetime becoming unmind wiped just to get mind wiped? Wouldn't that be, you know, that would really suck. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I actually, thank you, Tony. I am healing. I actually have healed from uh, somebody. He said, for those of you on the MP3, I hope you're, ability, you're able to heal uh, further from your disabilities in your shoulders and your legs. Now, I want to point out that um, I also was uh, diagnosed with COPD, and they took x-rays of me, and it wasn't end stage, but it was severe COPD. Uh, I didn't have to have, wear oxygen, but I was right on the borderline. And I decided that that wasn't going to be the case. I didn't like the way it felt not being able to breathe and asthma. So I had asthma and the COPD is on the other end. Asthma, you can't, if you have an asthma attack, you can't get any air in. If you're having a COPD attack, you can't get any air out. So imagine having a COPD attack and an asthma attack at the same time. You have a hard time breathing in and you also have a hard time breathing out. And that is not a good feeling to have. And I've had that happen. So being a Reiki master teacher and being a spiritualist and being, you know, uh, in, involved in all of this and the, and the whole holistic ideology, I decided that that needed to change. So I actually um, healed my lungs and um, eventually went, you know, back to the, to the pulmonologist again uh, and had gotten retested. They, they had me retesting every couple of years again because of the federal government. And um, then all of a sudden my lungs regenerated. Okay. I still have asthma, but that's it. And my asthma is very, very minute now. I carry a, um, an inhaler with me and I think I hit that inhaler maybe twice a month and sometimes once every two months. Right. Whereas there was a time when I was hitting an inhaler, like you see on movies, you know, every time I try to do something, <gasps> right. Uh, then on top of all of that, I have um, low testosterone because of catastrophic damage to my gonads, because I've been in martial arts most of my life since I was like eight years old. Uh, so that and racking your nuts, riding stuff, and crashing motorcycles and bicycles and the whole nines when you're getting older, and then me doing steroids at one point when I was younger uh, and taking free-floating antibiotics steroids back in the day uh, to get really huge because I was playing football, um, that made me, my um, testicles not not produce testosterone on their own. So the pituitary glands trying to talk to the testicles and say, create testosterone and my testes stopped. So I ballooned up like a freaking eunuch and was 486 pounds. Uh, by the time I had convinced the federal government or, you know, for, for the medical that I needed it or I was going to die. Right. And so now I'm only at, at 340, right. I've gotten down to 340, uh, which is really good. Right. <laughs> Considering I was 
486 pounds. And that causes other problems, right? So I've had a lot of stress on this avatar uh, and I'm working through all of that now. And the truth is that uh, I'm, I'm type two diabetic as well. Uh, here's my autoimmune problems, guys, right? Uh, I have diverticulitis, I'm, uh, I'm type two diabetic. Um, you know, I have to take shots for my testosterone because my body doesn't make it anymore, uh, right? So I have all these things going on and that puts a lot of stress on your chassis, on your body. Uh, but all of those things now, I've tested to where I'm no longer type two diabetic, but I've decided to keep uh, doing the medication because the medication that they give you for uh, type two diabetes helps you live longer, but they don't, the mainstream uh, medical doctors won't admit that yet, right? So I said, wait, no, I'll stay on that, right? <laughs> because it's actually uh, keeps you younger longer and helps your body to heal. So I've stayed on that. I've gotten, uh, uh, when they tested my lungs and did x-rays, they, they won't admit that I don't have COPD anymore because no one in the history of this planet has ever had COPD and then recovered from it. Okay. You either go in remission and then one day it just hits you again. Uh, uh, and that's about it. And people go in remission for a few years, sometimes five years. And, and that's about it. Right. So they won't admit that I have gotten rid of it. They won't say that out loud because their, their job depends on it. There is no, no case history of that. So they say I'm in remission. So, so I'm, everything is in remission. Right. So uh, if I were a cancer patient, I would be, woohoo, I'm, I'm survived cancer or, or, you know, uh, or like somebody who has AIDS and, and they're surviving that. Right. And there's Marcus popped in. Marcus, what's up? <laughs> Classy chassis. <right? laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Marcus popped in over. Right. Welcome, my brother from New York. Right. My half Irish brother from New York. And you say you're Irish Italian. Right. So I didn't know he said he was half Irish. So it might be German. He has kind of German bones too. Either way, he's European like me, right? So all of those things went wrong. And the point of all this isn't bragging. My point of all this is that if you truly are spiritual, you can and will heal yourself. There have been people in history where I've heard about that when I was younger, where they didn't believe in and, and going into the hospital and having things done because they believed that God would heal that. I mean, the truth is, it, depending on what you eat and what you do, that's a real thing. The more sugar you eat or the more foods that you eat that turn to sugar, the higher the amount of, of, of uh, probability of you having autoimmune problems and cancer, getting cancer of one form or another. Sugar is, is miracle grow for cancer. Okay, so if you eat a ton of sugar, every time you eat a piece of sugar that you're eating, you know you're eating sweets, that's raising the probability that at some point as you get older, you're going to have cancer. Okay. And it's not just that. It's obviously, you know, fried food. If you look into all this stuff and you become a hippie, <laughs> like me, you become a hippie, then, you, but you realize that you don't have to give up good tasting stuff. You just have to give up sugars. There's other ways that we have now because there's so many people that can't eat sugar or that refuse to, that companies have come up with alternatives for us. Because they're losing money and they know it. So they spent money to come up with the alternative, right? So that so they can pick up that portion of the population again. So there again, that's us dictating as below, so above, as within, so without. We're dictating to them what the food is that we're going to eat, not the other way around. Right? Yeah. He says, oh, man, I should cut back on my sugar intake. You know, it's the truth, though. It is the truth. You can look that up. That's not just me saying that because I'm type 2 diabetic. Right, which I'm not technically because I'm still on paper type 2 diabetic. 
Julie says, I'm screwed, right? Let's put that up on the screen. Well, I'm screwed. I have a sweet tea in, in, in my veins. I, you know what? I love to sweet tea as well, but that's way too much sugar. Mm -mm, bad for you. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, you know what? When you get used to it, that's why the, the keto or keto or however you say it, that's, how, that's why that works is because you trick your body. Your body will work on almost anything for energy. And as we, as we get higher in our vibration, eventually we just create what we want for ourselves out of the, in, out of the universe. So we just take it and give it to ourselves. Energy, mm -hmm, tasted like mashed potatoes and gravy, right? So, so your body will work off of other things. So you can lower your sugar intake and your carb intake, and your body will work off proteins and fats, right? So your body is diverse enough to find fuel somewhere doesn't have to have the carbs. Some of us have an affinity for that. You have a sweet tooth and you, can, you, you can't really get rid of that sweet tooth unless you eat carbs, but you can choose the non-weaponized carbs to eat. So you can still have your sweet tooth, but not ingest bad sugars. You have to look into that too. I had to look into that. There's many different types of sugars and some of them are really bad for the body and some of them are not. Uh, for those of us who are, who are type two diabetic, you know, any high, two, high fructose corn syrup, any corn syrup is bad for us. That's worse than any other kind of sugar that we can have. Cane sugar is not exactly very good for us either. Raw sugars, uh, saccharin, things like that. Saccharin in large amounts, they say it's not good for us, but raisins and dates is mostly saccharin. It is. Most of the sugar comes from saccharin. So for those of us who are diabetic, we can eat those sugars because the, how quickly the sugar gets converted into our bloodstream is high in sugar. And we have those spikes, right? And so that's an autoimmune problem that we have that was created because of what? All, our environment and the things that we eat. I'll have to look at that. In my back, it was I was buffing there for a second. So I have problems, it looks like. <laughs> right. And Tony wrote a paragraph. Let's put this up there, Tony. Let's see what you had to say, right? Let me put it on the screen here. I don't get why uh, as much sugar and crap as I've eaten, I've never put on weight. So I used to think that my body was doing great. Now that I'm now I'm uh, relishing, realizing that I can be damaging hormones, balance, or yeah, see what happens is when you're younger right? You, you eat all that stuff. And some of you have a great metabolism and you metabolize it just fine. My mother uh, has a great metabolism and she's still to this day at 77. She just turned 77 on Saturday. She still metabolizes sugar just fine. She's not never uh, having any problem, right? So, <clears throat> but sometimes when you do that, when you get older, your body changes and you don't know that, right? So now I realize that I, I'm damaging hormone balance organ condition, and I plan to switch to a healthier vibe, high vibe diet to assist, we call that ascension food, uh, to assist my, my physical body to repair and perhaps even uh, uh, even upgrade. Yeah, uh, once, you, once you make that, and you can test this, um, you know, you can actually test this and, this, and this has to do with spiritualism as well. This is the exact same thing in everything, okay? In all aspects, you test things the same way. You try one and try the other and see which one fits. Not which one gives you pleasure because the any kind of chocolate or any kind of sugar is going to give you that, that endorphin in your mind that's close to sex endorphins, especially for women. <clears throat> so you're going you're gonna to gravitate towards that and go, oh, yeah, I love eating that chocolate. It's almost like sex because it is, okay? But if you say cook your own food, 
and cook with healthy stuff and cook healthy. You can do that and still eat the same stuff, right? There's just certain things that you can't eat because they are unhealthy for you. Too much sugar, too much carbs. So you can you can still consume that stuff. But here's the here's the thing: get like a fast food one day and eat that and feel what the energy feels like when you're done with it, right? And then the next day for the same meal, cook your own food, eat that, and then feel what you feel like afterwards. You're going to see the difference when you cook your own stuff. First of all, you're creating that. So you're putting your intention into it, not someone else. You have to understand that our intentions go into everything. So when you're going to get a, a burger from a fast food joint, what are the intentions of your food? The intentions of your food is that there's a 17 to 24-year-old male or female who doesn't want to work, who's got their first job that daddy made them get, and they're sitting here slaving away making this shit that they don't really care about, but it gives them money, and they're sitting there going, fuck, I wish I was someplace else, and I don't really give a shit, turn these fucking things and put on the shit and get it out to these people. So the intention is, I'm doing this because I'm a slave and I don't have any other choice. Daddy made me do this. I'm doing this because I want to get a promotion. I'm, I'm a young kid and I'm trying to get supervisor. You're getting a little bit better intention there, but you're not getting the right intention. You're not getting any love. You're not getting any compassion. You're not getting any higher vibe to energy. When you make it yourself, you want to make something that tastes good. You want to make something that you like. You want to make something that is going to be satisfying to you and you know what your needs are. So you put the right spices in the right orders and you find out those, which made me taste buds work, look at recipes and, and then tinker with them. You find those things out, your creation, with your intention, with your love, with your energy, and then you eat it and it reflects with the energy that it gives you. They say we are what we eat, we are. Okay? And you can try that with anything. That's, that's what I said before. When you go try religion, it's the same thing. You go, you talk to them, you read about their religion, you go and you sit in and do a mass and you, and you feel how that feels and how it makes you feel when you leave the place. You go to another and you do the same thing. One of those, you're going to say, I like that place and I like that person, right? They fit. You fit better with your vibration there. It feels right to you. That's the way it is with everything, spiritual or non-spiritual. That's how we make the decisions. Which one pleases me the most or which one makes me feel the best you're not gonna eat something you don't like right it tastes like shit i'm not eating that again the hell would it bam, do that again Woo. you cook something wrong not cooking it that way so why would you then eat something that you know is giving you low vibrations or bad stuff for you what happens is when your mind wipes you don't know that and they put chemicals in food to make it taste better. Monosodium glutamate, salt, pepper, cinnamon. Those things are flavor enhancers. Sugar, right? Flavor enhancers to make it so that you, you think that this tastes better when it really doesn't. It tastes like cardboard. It tastes like crap because it's, it's all weaponized. It's all shit. It's all the cheapest thing they could find to put that stuff together to sell it to you for you to eat. And, oh, by the way, Let's sprinkle some fairy dust on there so you think it tastes like freaking candy and it actually tastes like cardboard. I'm one of those people that are that are uh, almost immune to monosodium glutamate. When it first hits my palate, I go, wow, this is really good. And then after about 30 seconds to a minute, it doesn't work anymore. And I put that same like you eat a potato chip and it's, oh, boy, that first one is like crack. It's really good, man. <laughs> right? <clears throat> But you can't only eat one because you're chasing that dragon now. 
But if you notice that after you get three or four chips in, it doesn't taste the same. It's not as good because the monosodium glutamate that they're using is is just under the line or the limit, you know, to where they can say, well, it's not really, we don't use that much monosodium glutamate, but it, it's just the first blast that tastes good. The rest of it is not good. You see? So that happens to me. Some people it doesn't happen to, and they just taste it, and it's just good their whole lives. Right? Ascension diet. We don't really, we don't call it a diet. Tony's saying again, he says, thanks for the advice. I'll look into Ascension diet. Just Ascension foods. I mean, we don't like that. I don't like to use the word diet because the word diet gets into your brain and makes it seem like it's something bad. Right? So you have to throw away that whole ideology and stigma that it's a diet. It's not a diet. It's just a, it, it's a change you're making in your diet. It's a choice that you're making within the foods that you eat that is healthier. It is not a diet. It's a choice. A diet is something that somebody's putting on you and you have to stick to it and your body's going to react and it's going to have cravings. That's going to happen anyways. Whenever you, whenever you change something that your body's used to, it has cravings for that. So if you eat a lot of sweets, your body's going to want sweets. If you drink a lot of caffeine, your body's going to want that caffeine. Your body gets addicted to the things that make it feel good and therefore it wants you to seek that out, right? So you're going to have those things that you just know, man, that, that, that muffin that I get from that one place with the blueberry and the sugar on top or, you know, that fudge that I love or those chips, and that popcorn, with the, just the right stuff on it or those peanuts, whatever it is that's your comfort food, your cookie, whatever it is, you're going to find your body is going to give you cravings for that. And, you, and like a drug, you have to fight those cravings. Eventually, all those cravings kind of get diminished as your body understands what you're doing. And the body will then crave other things that are more healthy. Right. My buddy, a buddy, my good friend of mine that I've known for just about ever. He did this because people didn't believe him. He showed he showed his with his son. Right. He had joint custody of his son. And I guess he still does. But his son's almost 18 now. He had joint custody of his son and he would take his son and get him salads and vegetables and fruits. And he, even when he went to a fast food restaurant and then he would go to the point where he would go to the fast food restaurant with his son. And he would say to his son, do you want a salad or do you want a burger and fries? And his son would want the salad. Because he liked it, because he ate it, and he liked the energy that he got from it. He didn't understand what was going on. He was like three and four and five years old. I watched him do that. But he preferred not to eat junk food because his father didn't give him any junk food but didn't make it a bad thing. He made it a good thing to eat healthy food, and he ate the same healthy food with his son. So his son gravitated towards that because that's what he had. So the other food didn't taste as well. You know, I haven't had French fries hardly ever, right? Hardly ever, but I have had them because I'm not supposed to, but I have had them. But because of being type 2 diabetic, you can't have potatoes that are hot. Hot potatoes of any kind um, shoot your blood sugar way up really fast. You can take that same potato and put it in the refrigerator and pull it out and eat it cold, and it won't have that same property. The, the, when the temperature goes down on a potato, it changes the physiology of the sugar content and how it gets into your system. Right. So I could take I can eat potato salad. You can have five potatoes in the salad. I can eat it because it's refrigerated. It's not hot. Okay, so French fries used to love French fries from different companies, different places, right? And, and now that I've been type two diabetic for three years, I haven't eaten hardly any French fries at all. And the one stretch there was like two years before I had French fry. And then I said, you know what, damn it, I'm gonna eat those French fries because I used to like them. I stuck that French fry in my mouth and I started eating it. And I went, What did I like about this? It was the salt that was the addiction, not the potato. The potato tasted like potato. And even that wasn't exactly, you know, 
what I thought I was missing. It was the salt with the potato that I realized that it wasn't that I was missing, was that which was the whole French fry. It was the salt with the sugar when you dip it in ketchup, right? And then when you eat it by itself, you go, what? Well, I'm not going to put sugar on it because the ketchup, most of the ketchup is mostly sugar these days. So it's so you, you have to see those things and, and figure those things out. So you're not really getting rid of things once you stop having them. You can still have them in moderation. You just can't eat a whole cake. You just can't eat a whole bag of chips. You can have some, right? So you have to have portion control over the bad things that are already bad for us anyways, right? That goes the same thing with spirituality and religion and anything else in your life. I'm just using food here because we were talking about that energy and what that does to our body. Everything else affects our body the same way, just in different places in our chakra points. Do you understand? Your physical body is affected by these things that are physical that you put into your body. Your spirit and the vibration of your spirit is, a, is infected on a higher plane by what you taste, smell, feel, learn, knowledge-wise, right? So all the aspects of everything that you are, your love, your hate, your pride, your joy, your all of that is all affected by everything but each individual thing is affected by the, what powers it and what fuels it and what you do with it and how you balance your hive mind complex of a body, your spirit, mind, body, totality. Right? Homemade fries with mustard. Right? And they, they found that. Like, that's a perfect example where they took, like, the awesome blossom that they have at what is that, Chili's or, or one of those places? Uh, and that I love that. They take, you know, they, they cut the bottom of the onion, right, so it'll stay flat, and then they <laughs> chop the onion down so that you have all these French fry kind of things sticking up, and then they bread it, and then they and then they fry it, and then they have this dipping sauce that you pull off the onion, so it's like an onion ring that you pull off, and you dip, and you, and you eat it, and oh, my God, but it's got tons of calories, tons of salt, really bad for you. There's an alternative way of cooking that and baking it in your own house, to where the salt content is like one-third or one-eighth. The fat content is almost nil. The grease content is, is almost nil. And so it's actually healthy for you. Now the breading tastes the same and you're eating the onion and you make your own dip so you don't have a bunch of sugar in it, right? And you make your own thing, which is like, doesn't have a lot of salt, doesn't have a lot of sugar, and all of a sudden you're eating the exact same thing that has got one-tenth the calories, one-tenth the salt, one-tenth the fat, one-tenth the grease, one-tenth the sugar. You know what I mean? Those are the things that you do. You're not you're not, not able to have your favorite thing. You have to be not lazy and make it yourself and find the alternatives, right? There's sugar-free barbecue sauce out there, and I use it, and it's good. And it is real barbecue sauce just like any other barbecue sauce. It just doesn't have sugar in it, Okay. Everyone goes, yeah, but that stuff all causes cancer. Everything in life, it doesn't matter what it is. When I breathe, it's going to kill me one day. If you listen to everybody, you will lay on the floor, you will not move, and you will suck on a Cheerio, and you'll drink water, and that's all you'll do your entire life till you die. Because by doing a eating, breathing, walking, talking, putting something on, or taking a shower could kill you because, because we live on the harshest planet in the universe, okay? So there's some decisions that we can make that are not walking the outside line of the envelope. But if you listen to everything that everybody says, there is nothing out there that doesn't have a counterpoint. Nothing. You will never, in fact, if you ever find something 
show it to me. Because I'll bet you by the time you show it to me, I'm going to Google it and it's going to have a counterpoint. So everything, no matter what it is, is being undermined by somebody who doesn't want you to have that product because they're selling something else or they're in competition. That's why eggs are good for you, then they're bad for you, then they're good for you, then they're bad for you, then the bacon's good for you, then it's bad for you, steak is good for you, then it's bad for you. <clears throat> Depending on who writes the study is going to determine whether that's good or bad for you. What you have to do is stop listening to other people and start listening to reality and, and what you think is best. And if what you think is best is to forget everything that I've said and continue living your life the way it is, that's your choice. Do it. <clears throat> I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm putting the tools out there. And I'm leaving them set and going, this is my interpretation of the tools that will help you ascend. And whether you pick those tools up and use them or not is your choice. And I won't be offended in any way. I'm just trying to give you back the choice that you don't realize was taken from you. And that's your free will. And that's your part in designing, creating, and living in this matrix. I was taken from us all. Okay, with that, I'm being uncomfortable now. I've been sitting here for an hour, two and a half hours in this chair without being able to get up and move around. So because of that, I'm cramping. My butt's starting to hurt. <laughs> you guys have a nice light. I love you all. Share this out. Share this out. Send this on to other people. If, if you guys are still here and you've made it this far to hear me and my words and you're still listening to me, I love you. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because I don't know how many people stay. I can tell you how many people are per second on online. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that all those people were here the entire time and some of them are behind me now because they got here late. And some of you guys are going to catch this. Some of you people out there are going to catch this after it's off air and listen to it and watch it or whatever, right? So, I, you know, I love you guys. If it resonates with you, pass it on to your friends. Pass it on to your family. If it doesn't, don't give me hate mail because I don't care, right? Whatever you guys say, and you know, words don't affect me. When someone says, you just suck and you die, you should be killed or dead. I go, oh, thank you. All right, have a nice life. Move along, please, right? So... So love to everybody. Namaste to everybody. This has been Orion Rising. I'm, of course, your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. I'll see you guys next Friday for the Law of One. We may even finish. Who knows? Depends on how much time I bap, 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 go on. Right? Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. No, Tuesday. Tuesday, America time. Tuesday, West Coast America time. I will be happy because they're in Australia, so it's Wednesday for them. So if you're in Australia, Wednesday morning, in Australia, Tuesday morning in America, I'm going to have uh, Stephen and Evan Strong on. I'm going to have um, uh, Mark Mark Anthony um, Wallace, Mark Anthony Wallace, and I'm going to have um, Leah. Um, those are or four of the people, because Stephen and Evan Strong, uh, four of the people that are going to be speaking in this up and coming event, along with that guy they call Uncle Paul or something like that from Australia. He's a he's an Aboriginal. Um, um, Mucky Muck, one of the one of the high council aboriginals. And they, they're, they're going to be doing this thing in Australia, and you hear more about it. I didn't prep it to tell you guys about it, but I will be putting it up. I will be putting out a meme and stuff for you guys to see that. That's going to be Tuesday, uh, West Coast America time, 6 p.m. That's uh, minus 7 GMT. Uh, and it's going to be 6 to 9 uh, p.m. West Coast America time. We'll be live, and we'll have those people on to talk and talk about what's going to be going on in their webinars that are coming up. They have three, I think, a workshop and two webinars that are going to be coming up. And we'll have the ticket information. I'll put all, all that stuff on the screen for you. You guys will be able to see that uh, if you guys want to go and, and listen to them do that. And then uh, otherwise, I'll be back on Friday uh, for the Law of One. So we'll see you guys then. All right. So you guys have a great night. Thank you for being here.